minus 30 seconds. minus 20 seconds. Coolest Reptile Podcast in the world, episode 435. It's Tuesday, all in the treat Tuesdays. I'm your boy, MJ. What is good? Shout out to everyone out there. Uh, if this is your first time tapping in, hanging out with us, do me a favor. Smash that like button, especially if you're into chondros or learning about them or wanting to get to learn about them, whatever, man. Hit that like button, first and foremost, and then hit that subscribe button. Smash that notification bell, select all. You'll be on top of every single podcast I drop here on this channel. Um, I drop out. I drop out. I drop podcasts Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Three podcasts a week right here on YouTube. You can also listen to this podcast on all the major audio platforms, Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate all the love and support for that exclusive content. If you want to get more behind the scenes, if you want to just support this podcast further than just watching it, go down to the very first link you see in the description. Click on it. Join the Trap Talk Patreon family. Shout out to the trappers, man. God, I'm so blessed to have this family. But yes, if you want to be a part of a family that's not stopped growing and just be a part of some of the extras some of the exclusive then don't look no further than clicking on that link join the trap talk patreon family get connected to the discord over 190 trappers to interact with and then of course there's an instagram group chat that's non-stop cracking some of the best people in the reptile industry are a part of the trap talk family and that's a fact True. listen i'm so excited to show what's coming this weekend as far as exclusive content for the Patreon family and Patreon family, you will know what that is first and foremost. So stand by for that. I do wanna say first and foremost, support US ARC, it's very crucial, all right? There's just been some news about animal education banning in Washington, and you wouldn't think it would be coming to the West Coast like that. Washington is a pretty land of the free type deal when it comes to keeping reptiles last time I checked. So that's pretty scary. So either way, if you keep reptiles, and you do not know what US ARC is, I'm being polite about this. Go down to the very first, not second link in the description below. Sorry, sometimes players fuck up too. But second link in the description below, click on usarc.org and read all about US ARC. Stay aware, have news updates by following US ARC on YouTube and also on Instagram. So shout out to the entire US ARC team. Shout out to Jeremy for taking on a new responsibility. Looking forward to having Jeremy being one of the new big faces of US ARC because, uh, man, Big things popping, that's for sure. I do want to say shout out to the sponsors tonight also. Shout out to my boy, Blake. All right, if you're looking to diverse the diet in your reptile, consider quail because quail, top-notch. My boy is doing it right. So many of you already gone to Blake, and I, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart because I want to support somebody like this who's up and coming in the animal feeder game, man. So make sure you go to Blake Exotic Feeders on Instagram. Follow Blake. You can even hit him a direct message and talk to him about shipping and whatnot. He ships all over the country, all right? I'm getting an order in this week. Shout out to my boy for providing those amazing quality quail for my tree monitors, my snakes, shit, man. Everything gets a quail, you never know. Thank you, Blake, appreciate you. I also wanna say tonight's episode is brought to you by the man, David Brahms, over at the Reptile Perch. What you see behind me, inside, 
The Focus Cube Habitat is reptile perches designed by David Brahms. Shout out to David Brahms. Okay, what an amazing individual. So if you want to get the best 3D printed design perches, um, you got to go through David Brahms. I'm telling you right now, a lot of the OGs, a lot of the heavy hitters in the game have David Brahm uh, purchased. So thank you, David, for everything. I appreciate the love and support. TheReptilePerch.com. Place your order there and go follow The Reptile Perch on IG. All right. And also, Flex in Texas all day. My man, Mark Hager, one of my new sponsors of 2024. And what an honor, okay? Um, Mark Hager is somebody who is definitely not to be slept on. He has amazing conjure projects and amazing availability still going on right now. He has some 2023 stuff available uh, left. I don't know what he has left because I know he's been selling quite a bit, but go over to texascondros.com, see what he has available and get your hands on some of that Mark Hager heat, that Texas Condro heat. Flex in Texas all day long. I appreciate you so much, Mark. Um, and thank you so much for everything that you have uh, done for me. Not only sponsoring, but just a real deal, homie. He's given me some amazing advice for since like, 2017 18 i don't know real deal holyfield right there and speaking of real deal holyfield last but not least brian susan from sundown reptiles tree monitor g man i dude this is my tree monitor like superhero right here i'm not even gonna lie like when it comes to breeding tree monitors brian susan is the man no one's messing with brian susan in america man so i gotta tell you right now go to sundownreptiles.com and see what he has available with tree monitors because he's working with all species of tree monitor I don't think he's missing one last time I checked. I could be wrong. No, I'm pretty sure he's not. So other than tree monitors, you can see geckos and other cool species of lizards. So go tap in one man, Brian Tucson, sundownreptiles.com. Head over to his website and then also go follow him on IG. I want to say thank you so much to all my sponsors, but especially tonight's sponsor, um, tonight's sponsors. Very honored to have all those individuals who I feel like are icons in the reptile industry and it's just the beginning for all those people. So thank you so much for all the love and support. Shout out to the early birds. I see the early birds cracking right now. I see the live chats cracking. If you're in the live chats tonight and you think that tonight's episode deserves any sort of super chat, drop a super chat, all right? And then also, if you have an important question or topic to relate to what we're speaking about, you feel like it needs to be addressed, just drop that super chat because it gets priority for sure. Don't be shy with them. Ladies and gentlemen, the mayor of town is back. And what is he drinking? Little Pino. Little Pino, okay. Yeah, this is a La Crema from your part of the country. Beautiful. You know, people always want to know what type of red you're drinking. So I figured why not just ask that right off the bat? <laughs> Bill Stiegel is back in the building. It is back to business. The mayor, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Yeah, a little short hiatus, but uh back and ready for business. Dude, you've been hitting it hard with the uh content lately. I'm not gonna lie. I I I felt like you did deserve a little break there and you know, dabble elsewhere for a bit, but you know, it, it's always good to have you back. You're always missed, buddy. I will say, Alex Warren, it's been doing a hell of a job for you. That's what I understand. I'm I'm glad you're giving that young man a shot. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, so great to have Bill, and then of course, for some reason, Marshall's looking for a second place trophy somewhere, so we don't have Marshall tonight. But we have my man Dave D, who has his camera up and going. What is that, David? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you name yourself that, Dave? It's my alias. It's my street name. Damn. Are you going straight street tonight? Are you going hood tonight or what? Yeah. All right. Dude, Brian Latimer, I'm looking forward to bringing my boy Brian on. He's really nervous, so I'm really glad you're about to go street on him tonight, Dave. This is going to be epic. <laughs> oh, man. Any of you guys know anything about the homie Brian by chance? 
just what he's posted lately, I saw he had a clutch or two of uh, Aru Maruki siblings, I believe. And I think right. he had some clutches last year. Yep. Yeah. I, I know very little of Brian. Um, I think maybe we've had one conversation over social media, but I think that's it. Never met him in person and so don't really know a lot about him. Well, I mean, I mean he's just, you know, like me being someone – compared to you guys new into the Condro game we, we you know we he knows a lot about you guys let's just say that and he's super excited to have you guys be about tonight's episode my connection with brian is through socrates uh you know all, both of us knew socrates and you know socrates was a great mentor to him like he was to me uh but this is gonna be great you know because he does have a lot of stuff he should be proud about um because anyone who can stick it out in condros you know deserves a pat on the back let's just i mean let's it's not easy right guys let's can we be honest about that sometimes mm -hmm. it can be really be like emotionally damaging to certain individuals i mean i'm not saying me i'm just saying in <laughs> <laughs> a friend yeah talking for, for about a friend all right listen i kind of asked how bill was doing but but dave why don't you let the people know how things have been what's going on it's uh beginning of 2024 why don't you uh, update some of the some of the viewers out there sure i've uh, been pairing several females i got a clutch of slugs on christmas day that was pretty exciting wow I don't know if the male ever actually locked the female. I saw her hanging all over her several times, but I kind of don't think he got any sperm in her. So that's probably the problem. It's like getting coal in your stocking, man. Yeah. Well, and it was early too. I had her locked in the nest box and I pulled her out because I was going to give her a soak. And it was like 14 days after her shed. And normally my females lay a little later than that. So I wasn't expecting her to be sitting on anything. And then it was just a pile of slugs. So. But I think I'll have some better luck with some of my other pairs. She an older girl, or, or what's the age of that female? If you don't mind me asking, Dave. She's thirteen, dude. That's around the age about this girl who gave me slugs earlier this year. I was probably around the same time about you. I think two weeks before Christmas is when I got my slugs. <laughs> uh -huh. Maybe we can trade. I'll send you some. <laughs> dude, my slugs were so bad, my monitors didn't even want them. They said, "Get this fucking shit out of here." I don't. This shit smells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. At least they, they like literally went to nothing. But uh, all right, listen, my boy's excited. So why don't we get my man Brian in? Are you guys ready to get this episode started? Dave, how do you feel? You warmed up? Yeah, let's do it. All right. How do you feel, Bill? You ready to rock? Always ready to go. That is true. Bill's always ready to rock. That's a fact. All right, guys, do me a favor. Do what you got to do to get your mind right. Stay hydrated. Episode 435. My boy, Brian Latimer. Lucky Leviathans coming at you right now. Let's go. Cheers. Good. You ready for do do more in the future? Trap yes. talk podcasts? Yes. Man. Only, only trap talk. Exclusive. Yes. Trap. Exclusive. <laughs> oh. So stop calling us. From the spot, get the club to pop. When I come up with the trap, gotta love it, love it, or not. I'm hot from the hop to the club to spot. Get the club to pop. When I come up with the club to spot, get the club to pop. When I come up with the club to spot, get the club to pop. When I come up.
and we're live episode 435 brian latimer in the building what's up brian hey what's up mj bill brian, dave bill. how's it going brian how's it going man good to finally meet you hey good to see you too man dude good to have you brian finally back or you no know, finally first time at the trap to discuss what you've been doing and i gotta say like i just told the the, the homies here that i met you through sock and ever since then been following your work and super stoked to see what you have going on um but you know your first time meeting dave and bill right and yeah know, really kind of yeah I've, I've not met either of these guys and and both of you guys honestly i'm just so happy to be here you guys have been idols for me for the past few years i just want to say that i don't know if you know but people out here like me think about you guys and respect you very highly so uh you know i'm i'm very happy to be here and meet you guys that's very humbling man i've been looking forward to the episode yeah great yeah. to meet you we yeah. just keep snakes though it's, it's no big deal <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dude, okay. yeah but, there's, but like mj says there's levels to this thing i know but dave, you know we could, you know i respect what dave just said because like mind you when forrest was around like forrest would like he would laugh at how giddy i would get because he would be like bro you remind me like 10 years ago and 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 I, you know, listen, we're just noobs, man. And we, and I even like yeah. Bill's my good friend, and I still get super excited anytime he's on a show or fuck. I mean, Bill, how many times have we hung out? I don't full, can't even count anymore how many times we hung out. Can't, can't even count. And it's still an honor to this, like, like if we don't know each other, just so you know, because it's, it's, it's true what you said. Like, either way, we, I feel like me and Brian had some sort of an outlet that we needed that relates to what you guys done to inspire. I think inspiration's everything. Yeah. Now um yeah correct me if i'm wrong brian like there's something going on with these uh generation chondro breeders that are leaving crumbs for us to just want to fucking like thrive yeah yeah, yeah. The, the only difference is we've just been doing it longer man that's right the, right you know um I will we're, we're climbing me and mj we're climbing can't, up can't speak for dave but you know i still remember when i was right where you are you know and it was exciting back then it's still exciting but oh. I mean, the nerve factor, man, you just, I'm just nervous about everything. And, yeah. you know, it was a lot more stressful then than it is now. Um, so, you know, I think yeah. if you can kind of survive the, the first two or three breeding seasons and learn a little bit, you know, each time and just keep your head above water for a little while, then things will start to come easier. And I, I won't say more consistently, but they'll become easier and, a lot of that stuff that you're experiencing now go away and it'll a lot of it yeah. will be more, you know more more joyful and like dave you know this this clutch of um slugs that he had he'll figure out by then it's just part of the business you know it's just it's nothing personal it's yeah just part of it and, and and there's not anything you could do about it whatsoever like you can't control those like dave i mean those slugs are slugs what are you gonna do right i mean yeah, I just threw him in the fucking trash. I, my heart rate didn't even skip a beat. <laughs> <laughs> fucking savage. <laughs> now, okay, Brian, this is what year? Let's talk about how long you've been in it so far. Um, for breeding, this is this is my third season breeding. These are my my third and fourth clutches that I just had um, in October, and uh, I've been keeping for for a lot of years. But I started breeding in 2019, and then 20. 20 i kind of ramped up and got a few more animals 2021 i had my first clutch and then 2022 i had another clutch in 2023 this year i've had two so it's it's been it's been okay it's been good i've had the same struggles everyone else has had with you know stubborn feeders um prolapses um 
you know, pretty much you go down the list. I've, I've dealt with a lot of stuff and it's, it's heartbreaking. A lot of it is heartbreaking. And if you're not prepared for that, you're going to crash and burn, you know? I mean, it, 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 it is. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, especially like the prolapse and I've had more than my fair share, you know, you get that animal, usually it's a kind of a stubborn feeder anyway, but you yep. finally get it to eat. You think you're over the curve, you know, you, you spent, you know, hours and hours and hours on this one animal. And then, you know, you, you get five or six meals in it and you think you're good to go. And then he prolapses and you just, yeah. you know, I just, you know, wasted a, a, an instrumental amount of time and, you know, just all the emotions you pour into it. You're happy that it eats and you're just, you know, you're patting yourself on the back and, you know, saved another one. And then they prolapse and you just five days later. Yeah. You just go, God damn it. I got a question, Brian. Uh, what was the one of the things you were experiencing the most? Like, was it a stubborn eater? Was it the prolapses? Like, what was um, the fucking like thing you had to like hurdle you had to get over? Uh, assist the, the assist feeding is probably what I I've had to deal with the most. Um, pinky heads, rat tail pieces. You know, trying all the different scents. Um, I, I hashed twenty three the out this year, and the first clutch I've got them all established already. And, and they're great. The second clutch is about 50, 50. So, you know, 10 meals, they're, they're assisting 10 meals. Now I've, I've assisted so far 11, 12 meals I've assisted so far. And, uh, those, those are half pinkies, pinky heads, half pinkies with the front legs cut off. You know, I'm trying to get the rib cage, the heart, the lungs, some of those upper body organs in with the pinky. So it's at least getting that nutrition. I haven't tried the gizzards yet, Bill. That looks like a great idea. And, uh, some so there's a lot of stuff with the mouse hams going yeah. around right now that I think is probably a really good idea too. Yeah, I think either of those, you know, will be a better nutritional source. I think a lot of it comes down to just which one can you get easier. Like, you know, yeah, I can cut a piece of chicken gizzard in in seconds, you know, and I just don't know dissecting out, you know, a, a rodent uh, thigh. I, you know, would maybe I, th I just think it'd take a little bit longer and. For me, man, just get a chicken gizzard. You can cut a few strips off, and you're good for five yeah. neos if you need it. Dave, if I'm not mistaken, you haven't dealt with the prolapse for a while. When I asked you, I think last right, is it been a while since you've had a prolapse and with the neonate? I've only had one baby prolapse ever, and right. it was funny enough. It was one that I fed a mouse leg. It shit out the leg, partially undigested. Whoa! Along with its in intestines. Rough. Wow. I think that maybe that was just a fluke. But I'm more on team tail for assist feeding. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm curious, Dave. Why don't you kind of break down like your regiment with, like, assist feeding, and, and is there an average as far as what meal you get them to turn, or and, and what what's the ratio of them not making it from your experience? Um. Well, normally they'll start eating after two or three assists, and after that. I kind of do what Ryan Young does and I'll keep them around and I'll try and tease them and get them to eat. But I have some right now that, that I hatched in 2022 and they were kind of a pain in the ass as babies and they're still a pain in the ass. And I don't really know who to sell them to or I, or I don't really want them because they're not up to my standards in terms of coloration, but I can get them to eat by beating the shit out of them. But I know if I sell them to someone, it's just going to be, a, I'm just going to have to refund their money. So yeah, I'm not going to yeah. fight too hard to make them survive because they're, they're just 
not going to turn into a quality snake. How old are they, Dave? Uh, they're 18 months. Yeah, so they've already done, you know, done a lot of the color change and yeah, you know, extreme extreme phenotype animals and yeah, so you, yeah that, that's you still have to beat those ones or not beat them, but it's they're still difficult to, to get, is what you're saying, even at that age. Yeah, I have three or four that they'll you pull open the tub and they look interested and they'll come forward a little bit and then you present the mouse. And occasionally they'll sight feed, but more often than not, they'll they'll pull their head back, and then they'll kind of tuck a little bit. Oh, and I can get them to eat by pinching them with the tweezers and doing stuff like that. But that's not what you want to continue on with within like your your longevity with projects is what you're saying. That doesn't fit is what you're saying. Yeah, well, they're they're pretty plain looking, so they're not really keepers. But I can't really sell them either. I wonder what's well. I wonder what plane is to Dave D. <laughs> Say, send me that piece of junk. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> no shit. <laughs> they're, uh, they're solid green. Um, now I have a question for you, Dave. Do you ever try? Or, or have you tried switching like the prey item or like chick? You know, the whole other stuff that people do, um, even at this age, or you just going with mice every time now? I'm just feeding a mice. Hmm. Yeah. What are the odds, Bill? Do you think it would take like a rat pup or something? I really don't know. It's um, I have not had that, you know, an animal that's gone 18 months and still uh, act the way that Dave, Dave's describing. Usually by then they're eating pretty consistently or they're dead, at least in my hands. So I, I don't know. I It probably wouldn't hurt. The first thing I'd try would be an ASF, you know, as a, as a yeah. different food source. They don't even flick their tongues, so I don't even know because – you know, normally when you they're they're relying on the their heat pits, I think. Right. So they're not sticking yeah. their tongues out when you feed them. So I don't know if they would even know. How long have you starved them? Like not not offered food. Um, a month or two. I've tried that. Yeah. And they're not any smaller than their clutch mates because I can get them to eat, and it's it's not like it takes me ten minutes. It takes me a minute, but they're not sight feeding, and I want them to sight feed every time if I'm going to sell them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Brian, solid. Do you want them solid? Brian, how many have you not, uh, like, how many have not made it with you as far as assist feeding? Has any of them, like, not? Um, so far, I've hatched out in my three years 46 chondros, and I know two that have died, and that's it. And I've lost one in my care, and another, and a customer lost one in their care. Customer or friend? <laughs> it, it, it was a customer, and yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was unfortunate. Yeah. It was a it was a really blue looking snake too. I mean, it was a, it was an Aru locality cross, but it was it was really nice and it was unfortunate. Damn. Well, I mean, that's out of your hands, though, right? What can you do? Yeah, it it was like a year or a year and a half out of my hands, so it wasn't you know not really much I could do. I lost one recently from my 2022 clutch that was one of those animals that would prolapse repeatedly, and it would eat and it would be fine and then it would prolapse and then it would eat again and i'd fix the prolapse and then it would you know so it just never never got right and then it ended up passing and that was actually the first one i've lost in my care and uh, i've lost other animals you know but that was the first one that i produced that i've lost bill the percentage of prolapses you dealt with this or 2023 compared to the previous years was quite lower right like you dealt with a lot less prolapses last year um if not, you know, no, st I don't st remember. statistically, really about the same. 
Um, I had a lot less prolapses this year if I would have excluded one clutch. So I had all of my prolapses this year in one clutch. And That's interesting. Yeah, I think it was a, a genetic thing. Wow. Um, I really do. I, I could tell. In fact, I could predict the ones that were going to prolapse by the way they were perching. They perched abnormally. And um, even the ones that ate great, you know, I thought I'd just get them a little bigger, a little more meals, and, you know, maybe I'd get, get over the hump. But even, you know, these some of these prolapse way longer than, you know, not the five meal, the, the 15 meal or the, you know, 18 meal, then they'd prolapse. But I expected, I knew it was coming just based on the the way they looked and the few other clutch mates that had prolapsed before. I just, so I think there was something genetic in the clutch that um, caused these animals to prolapse. Half the clutch ended up prolapsing. Yeah. Um, so, and they prolapsed multiple times. And that was another thing I was going to talk about. You talk about multiple prolapses. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I think it was it. Was it Gary that asked in our group chat if they'd ever had like an animal that had more than one prolapse survive? Yeah, that was Gary. Gary, and I can't remember one that I've had that have had multiple prolapses that have gone on to survive. Yeah, I've, had I've got one. You, you have had one? I've got one. It's a uh, 2111 from my first clutch I ever produced. And it's about two and a half years old, almost three years old now. Yeah. And it, it's it still prolapses occasionally. And it's like a, a big, it's kind of big now. See, and I, I just keep feeding it and keep fixing it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. That, that animal will stay forever, you know? I mean, fuck it. <laughs> Is it male or female? It's a female. Yeah, I've seen I've seen it's all its insides. It's shit out, you know, its guts probably up to an inch, inch and a half before. Oh my god. And and you can I can get it all back in with the probe and uh, the preparation H, the neosporin. I got betadine, you know, so I'm using all these things and I get it back in and everything's fine for a month or two. It'll even have a good bowel movement once or twice and then it'll prolapse again and that's just been the pattern for its entire life so far. So yeah, kind so of that, that's, that, that's an anatomic defect that'll never go away. It'll it'll kill right. it eventually. It'll kill yeah. it eventually. And that's that's the tough stuff. Like where where's the line? Where do I give up? Where do I just put the thing in the freezer? You know, it's just like uh it's the and, hard stuff that doesn't get talked about a lot. For me, uh personally, it's when an animal prolapses twice, then you know it goes in the freezer. Right. Yeah. For me. And the longer you wait, the harder it gets, buddy. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because on you know, obviously these snakes can't talk, so it can't tell you like, hey, I, this shit hurts. By the way, you know, it just it, oh yeah, it, it's a snake and it's just eating. So you really don't even know if you're like ending its misery. Like you, you know, you have to just consider a lot of things. But then also ask yourself, do snakes in the wild chondros like survive prolapsing, or do they even prolapse in the wild? Probably not. So it's like. I don't know. I would. I would just consider like the, you know. I don't know. I know. It's yeah. Sucks. So far, so far, I've had two, two animals out of all the animals I've hatched that have had horrible prolapse problems, and only two. Yeah. So, and one of those passed just about a month ago, and I'm still kind of hanging on to one of them. But so far this year, I've had really good luck with chick down. I mean, getting everything going with just chick down, That's and uh, and no prolapses so far. Cross my fingers. I'm 20 meals in on some of them Hell that yeah. hatched uh, on October 22nd. So they're they're monsters. They're they're growing great. Third, going into their third shed, and uh, 
So they're, they're doing, I've had a lucky year this year. I learned a lot from my previous experiences. It's the way it's supposed to be. I don't know if you yeah. call, do you call luck after you've got like eating shit for so long? I feel like it's kind of like, it, it's just a, I feel like it's a numbers game, right? Like, oh, you've had it bad, MJ. You've had it rough. I've, I've been following all your, it's been hey, rough for you. Hey, I know. Asshole. Hey, asshole, it's not about me, okay? So why don't we just make this about you right now? <laughs> uh, no, I know a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people in the community, and, and a lot of people have bad luck. I, I have a friend who just lost his female, had a bunch of eggs bound up, and uh, you know, another friend of mine. We thought we were we, he was gonna lose his female, and then she finally uh, finally laid her clutch a lot later than expected. So I mean, there's there's so much risk, and and this is so hard on these females. You know, a female looks like death after she lays a clutch and she's sitting on it and she's vibrating trying to keep the clutch warm they just they get so depleted their head muscles look all empty and and they're just thin and lethargic it almost makes me feel bad making them go through it yeah you, you, there's been a lot of talk about maternal incubating i don't know if it's vin russo's fault probably but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what bill hoffman pulled off that the maternal incubation re very recently he just hatched the clutch a couple days ago yeah. I saw that. How do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like that's something you might want to try or no? Um, I mean, it's, I don't think it's for me. I feel like that's, that just is increasing the variables and the risk. And, and I feel like doing an incubator, you have a lot more control. I've had really great success in the incubator. I've only lost just a, a couple eggs, two or three eggs ever. So what I'm going to stick with that. Do you do sim container, right? I don't. I have like little uh, six core iris tubs. Oh, nice. Yeah, my setup is kind of makeshift. I use a the Sea Serpents two by two incubator. Nice. And uh, I kind of made my own little egg box, and I incubate over water. And uh, I've had really good luck. Straight water. Uh, distilled water, yeah. And then any holes in the uh, tub? I do. I do one hole for the first forty days, but there's other holes that I have taped over. And then uh, day forty one. Where's that, where's that one hole at? curious uh i on either end uh usually the end furthest away from my my fan so it would be like the end at the door of the incubator okay so i don't want like the fan blowing hot air into the hole right um and then i'll start opening up holes at day 40 day 41 until there's like three open on each end mm -hmm. and that's when i drop my temperature too and uh what are those temps? Had, um first 40 days I do like 87.1, 87.2. Mm -hmm. And then last the, the final like 12 days-ish, I'll run like 86.4. So drop it down just a little bit because they start producing heat in the egg. And I, I found that a lot of people lose their animals dead in the egg from that stage. They'll be like fully developed dead in the egg because they, they just overheat. Yeah, I agree. Dave, you have holes right off the bat. I can't remember. In your incubator when you put the – oh, no, hold on. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you uh, set up your egg box in the incubator? Um, pretty inconsistent. I, I think I normally put holes in the egg box. Yeah. What do I, and Bill, you're a whole guy or not? <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, yeah, very similar to, to Brian. I have uh, I have holes that have tape on them, and then I'll remove that tape. Yeah. Very, you know, going down the, the, the length as we get closer and more heat build up. I think the whole uh, okay, like I know Sock told me to poke holes, and I think I forgot. Um, I did a lot of bonehead shit. That's why I'm not even mad about the conjure. I did a lot of shit to myself. I'm gonna be honest, um, but I did have a lot of experience with fully developed fucking con uh, chondros just dead in the egg, and I had no idea why. Um, I mean, obviously we can't really. 
100% point at why that is, but you'd have to think it had to do with heat exhaustion, right? Like if a snake makes it to that point of development, but then yet just dies, like looks like it just refused to come out of the egg, that just had to be from no strength and it just not having the right air, right? I mean, I'll, I would I'll go one further. You know, this, this last year I had two or three that came halfway out of the egg and died. You know, hip themselves. You know, I thought everything's going great. Expecting the next day to see them out of the egg and perched. And they come in and they're halfway out of the egg and dead. That's a kick in the nuts. I had two. I had two do that to me this year. They ended up being pretty severely deformed in the spine. And, like, I had a lot of kinks and stuff like that. I had two of those this year. Did you? Yeah. How much of that you see, Dave, with with uh, with your experience? Fucked up babies? Yeah, just like dead in the egg or just poking. Uh, quite, quite a bit. I hatched one without a head. It just had a stump. What? Yeah, that was kind of cool. Whoa. How do you cis feed that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, it might have been dead. I can't remember. By hatched, I mean I cut it, cut open the egg with cuticle scissors and dug it out like uh, Jay from prehistoric pets. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Look at that fired. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't me. It's epic. Uh, hey, well, okay. Now, Dave, do you ever just kind of wonder why, or you just like keep it moving? You don't give like. I mean, do, what, what do you what, what do you process as far as when that happens for you? Well, it's, yeah, I I think I wasn't giving my females warm enough basking temp, so the embryos weren't developing properly inside her while she was gravid. So I, I've made changes there, but. Anytime I feel like I figured something out, I still have problems. So it's really hard to pin down what causes certain things. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And, uh, boy, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's a, that's a great statement. And, and each pairing and each snake is going to be a little bit different too. I found that, that they all act in weird little ways. They all have their little nuances and things they'll tolerate and things that they won't. Yeah. Well, Dave's right. It's like, Okay, I've got uh, you know two snakes that died in the egg, and a snake that crawled halfway out and died. I'm changing temps. You know, that's it. I'm gonna you know lower temps, or I'm gonna do this or do that. And inevitably, it really never changes anything. I mean, just in my experience, you just you know you take what you get. You 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 develop a technique where um, you know the enemy of good is better. You know. So that's that's at least my theory now. Now, I, I want to say something because, you know, Bill, you've been a part of a lot of episodes since I started this segment of like kind of bombshell information being dropped that like even throws me in like the loop. Like, whoa, what? And but some of this that I think about, Bill, when I hear this is stuff that I consider that can make this snake live longer. Like I, I, I understand breeding is a huge part of what I'm doing, but I, if I could somehow give this snake more of a comfortable experience being in a box. I would definitely consider that. Um, and then, don't, are- then don't breed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's rough on the females, man. You're telling me I can't do both? I can't fucking figure out both? No, but I mean, my biggest thing is like, okay, now I want to ask and get into the whole temperature side of how you keep your collection, Brian. Like, uh, are you solely ambient? Do you have he- uh, heat radiant or whatever for certain females? Like, Let's talk at that, and I'm going to talk about what I was talking about just now because it's going to relate to this. So why don't you tell us how sure. you're on your 
Um, well, I got Focus 3 Hangar 6s in the Cambros behind me. Um, and I, I'm running, my thermostat says 88, but it's actually about 82, 83 at the back of those Cambros. And uh, so I got a bunch of sub-adults and yearlings in those. Um, my Neos are mostly in an 18-tub uh, hatchling rack by Sea Serpents with the five-quart tubs. And I keep those about the same, you know, 82, 83, no night drop on those, by the way. I, I keep my Neos with no night drop. Right. Um, same. Same. Yeah. And then I got a couple of Neos. I don't know if you can see above me here. There's a couple little setups up there. That's tight. And yeah. Nice. Little small. They're like eight by eight by eight inch little rectangle things. They're, they're not very big, but I got some of the Neos in there because I just about ran out of damn space. And uh, that's been working out pretty good, too, as far as, like, putting a brand-new hatched Neo right into a PVC. I've kind of been experimenting with that a little bit with, you know, a light on. And, uh, you know, it's been working out pretty good. Don't get, uh, don't get Bill started, please. Don't, don't, talk about no, <laughs> don't talk about no scientific UV shit right now. I, I, right. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to get in a journal. Oh, my gosh. Don't get me started on that. No, okay. But, but, uh, but biggest thing is the females. I want to know your breeder females and shit. How are you keeping those? Um, they're about 84 degrees, you know, in the back of their tubs. I keep them in tubs and in, uh, focus three, two by two by twos. Um, and pretty much 84 degrees in their hot spot under the heat panel. How many hours? Uh, 12, 12 on the lights and the heat. And then for all my adults, I'm night dropping it down to about 78, 79. And so then they, it warms back up in the day, and it's about 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. They should be off right now, but I've got all my stuff still on. What's the ambient temperature in your room? 73. I'm running the, the furnace right now, and I'm, my stuff is kind of in the living room. Like, my the snake room is the living room. And uh, it's about 73 in here. 72, 73 is pretty pretty steady and stable. All year? like Or summertime, it gets a lot warmer? Uh, in the in the summer, I'm running the air conditioning, so that's kind of my breeding season, and it's a lot cooler. So I'll use my air conditioner to kind of trigger my cycling in about April or May, and that's that's worked that's worked out really good for me so far. I know a lot of people are pairing animals now, and I am. I have one pair going right now, but I've had a lot more success using my air conditioner to cool the animals, and doing that like April, May, June, pairing in June, July. And then I'm having like ovulations end of July, early August, and I'm hatching out animals in October. It's, it's worked out pretty good. Wow. That's yeah. That's like complete opposite of mine. I'm like six months ahead of you. Or yeah. 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 I'm in, I'm in Ohio. Oh, you're Toledo, in Ohio. Ohio. We got a big front coming through right now. So anybody in the Midwest or the East coast, put your snakes together. It's a good time. <laughs> Nice. And Dave, Dave, how how are you as far as um what we were just what we were just talking about right now with the uh with the ambi with, with your females as far as how long you give them basking and whatnot like what what do you what do you go with when, when it comes to all that? I'm doing twelve on twelve off. Their heat shuts off totally at night, and well, I guess the it it, go, it shuts off when I'm cycling. The room is seventy five degrees during the day and seventy or seventy two at night. Okay. And zero heat at night, you said, right? Uh, when I'm cycling, if it's during the summer, they have a they have a night drop, but it's not totally off. Bill, you're 12 to 12 as well. I mean, no light. I'm, 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 I'm really identical to Dave 
except my heat panels go off at night uh, year round. Okay. Now, Brian, this year you're looking at how many pairings or like what's going on with your, your stuff this year as far as that goes? Um, I had two, I had two pairings, two successful and, and, uh, hatched, uh, hatched 23 babies this year. And I have another pairing going right now that I got my fingers crossed for, but I'm not really sold on. I think the female absorbed, I think I introduced my male a little bit too late and it's a, a joint pairing with Guadalupe Salazar. Shout out to space city Condros. Yeah, uh, yeah. Him and I got a little bit of a joint pairing going on. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't happen this season, uh, I'll get it going in the, in the summer, which is kind of more my, uh, my season anyway. So we'll try again in the, in like April, May. MJ, you remember Lupe, right? Yeah. What a guy, man. That guy's awesome. Really yeah. cool yeah. guy. And Good of course, guy. Of course I got to meet him at the mayor's party and it was just, uh, you know, something else. I, I, I understand one thing, you know, having relationships via social media, but when you get to meet the person, uh, it kind of just changes everything. You know, I, I'm lucky enough to meet Dave before, um, and, and, and yeah, dude, Lupe is the man, bro. That guy's yes, he, he has heat too, bro. He has some shit that he does. He does have some, he's got some stuff from Dave. He's got some good pairings going on right now. He's going to sneak attack this thing. Watch. Yeah. Ah, nice. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I am impressed on how much good taste is out there. Like I will say that motherfuckers do their research. I don't know if it's the podcast that they're listening to probably is cool. As <laughs> yeah. Every time I talk to someone and they're showing me stuff, it's like Dave stuff's in it, Bill, Mark, like Sock. I'm just like, damn, motherfuckers. Some of these fools are not playing. Let's just say that. Uh, yeah. It's pretty awesome. I, I noticed uh, I noticed Brian has started. He mentioned Socrates as one of his you know, people that maybe helped him. I noticed Brian's been dropping the knowledge pearls like Sock <laughs> does on his posts. Yeah, a little right. quote, you know, look, you, you got to be positive. I really, truly believe in like manifesting, you know, positivity. And, and you know, you, you, if you imagine the reality you want to live in and you feel it and you believe it, it's already happened, it'll come to you. Dude. You know, you just keep, keep day by day. You just keep doing it 1% better every day, you know? I love, I love all the guys I've met so far in this industry because they've all changed me in, 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 in some kind of way. Like the relationships I've had with these guys have changed me as an individual. But Socrates, Socrates is a powerful guy, man. Socrates has made me do shit. If you would ask me 10 years ago, like, hey, MJ, you're going to be speaking to yourself of what you want out of this world every morning, and you're going to be writing in a book. I would have yep. been like, oh, yeah, right. I would have been like, yeah, me saying, get the gun. <laughs> I have, like, over <laughs> yeah. here now, bro. This shit's nuts. <laughs> it's He's legit, like, though. It works. It works. It fucking works. It works. Stopping, dude, but. I know some of you guys think like you guys are fucking weird, but listen, it works. What do you want me to do? It works. It's like yeah, don't, they don't break. That shit, that shit works. So <laughs> I'm glad we understand, Brian. Bill, yeah. Great. Shout out to Socrates. He's he's been a big influence on me and a mentor to me, and and he really helped me uh, kind of get my feet on the ground and plant some roots in in the hobby. So shout out to him. Yep. And I will say, man, I mean, Sock was the first guy who was like, where I was like, damn people spend money like this in condros and i had no like i had an idea but i never knew anybody like this was even before me and bill became hella close like i never knew anyone who purchased of like personally i never knew anyone who purchased crazy designer heat like the way sock did uh when i first met him and i'll never forget when he bought those two snakes off you dave and he told me this is what i have coming in and i, was, I just couldn't believe it i couldn't fucking believe it i think it was uh chaos and shadow or remind me of the uh 
It was. Yeah. You got three, two females and a male. That, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, those kind of figures just threw me back and I was like, holy shit. And, uh, but man, um, it's pretty awesome. Now designer locality though. What are you, Brian? Like what's your, what's your team? My, my team. Um, I have mostly Aru stuff. Mostly the Aru, Aru crosses. I have like Aru Marake. I have Miso Aru. Um, shout out to Gary. I've got a Tamika Aru on the way. Oh, nice. Um, Pick one of those up. Yeah, I got one of those red babies. So that'll be coming. Gary, I owe you a band still. I got you. Don't worry. Um, wow. I like Aru. I like the high white. I, I want to I wanna keep doing that and you know, maybe get into some mixed locality, high white designer, hybrid mutt, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. You know, I'm going to do what I like. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my plan moving forward is just working with the Aru stuff. And, uh, you know, I like reds. Don't get me wrong. I like reds. I've invested a lot of money in some reds and, uh, they're growing up and soon we'll, we'll have some red stuff going too. Do you think the yellows will ever get to the point where Dave D's working with them? Do you ever feel like that? That's a possibility. I mean, I'll be working with them. So who cares what Dave D's doing? No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no I, I don't think so. I mean, people love the reds. The The color change is longer. It's better. It's more exaggerated. Um, it can take multiple different paths. Uh, yellows are cool. I love yellows. My foundation is in yellows and I love Aru. And of course they're, they're only yellow, but, uh, I, I think that there's a lot to be said with them dark black chocolate neos the the trooper walsh blue line stuff i mean that's where i want to get i'm not there yet i want i want to get there though i think you're exactly right like you know listen we could try to give reach arounds the yellow neonates all we want but you cannot compare it to those fucking chocolate dark purple fucking dinosaur no goddamn you can't it is ridiculous you just it looks like fucking it came from hell but like in a yeah. good way like in a good yep. way it looks, like, it looks like it was satan's pet or something like it escaped yeah <laughs> <laughs> like holy shit um and, and dave have you ever produced a yellow no right i hatched two and they went to the freezer <laughs> basically but not because they were yellow i think so i i have a yellow from rico it's a 50 percent possible head and i bred it to a 66 percent possible head i got from marshall it was a sibling to the last albino he produced mm. um but i think it was a partho clutch because the two that hatched and the ones that were dead in the egg were all yellow and the male was red i would guess he was red dominant but even if he wasn't the odds of them all being yellow is pretty low and they're all pretty weak so that's my guess we'll never know for sure now are you trying to just kind of work with projects that just give you one color or the other brian or are you down to mix it up at some point i i'm definitely down to mix it up i i, I hope to have my first clutch of stuff that is going to have some reds in it in 2024 um we'll see if my male is ready he's he's going to be young when i when i do pair him it's the optimus prime ocean baby that i got from socrates that's the insanity line was that two years old how that's it was a it's 20 it's a 21 baby so yeah it'll be about two two and a half by the time i actually introduce my male and female in like may and june he'll be uh, about two and a half then so i'm, I'm forgetting about how there's motherfuckers out there who pair males super young and they have success. They uh, do. 
Marshall, Howard. Marshall's done it. Socrates for sure. I yeah. think he has, he has like four paired up right now. Uh, Dave, Bill, you pairing up young males. Uh, how much success have you had with that? Not a lot. I think four years. Four years. Yeah, I don't know if I've had one breed younger than that. Bill, you've done them pretty young before, right? You've shot for the moon, haven't you? Three and a half is the youngest I've okay. ever, ever gone, but I, I consider that pretty young. And I've had good success at three and a half. I've never tried. You know, I, I couldn't even try. Uh, if I tried anything younger, it'd be two and a half. I mean, I'm on a pretty strict um, breeding cycle here, you know, so either they're two and a half or they're three and a half, and I've never tried a two and a half. And, and you're saying, Brian, you're going to want a pair because that's that's the male that you need. Like that's an important male to the project. Yeah, yeah, it's an important male for the more. I'm trying to make some some stuff that's going to be 50% Aru, but right. Red Neo. Oh, oh nice. So, so that's what I that's what I'd like to do is, is just do 50% Aru Red Neo, and whether that's going to be Cyclops Aru, Manakari Aru. Or, you know, now I'm going to keep gathering up stuff like that. That's that's 50% Aru, but red. That's right. that's what I, that's kind of what I'm into. And, and I'll build build something off, off of that in the next five, ten years. Those uh, those locality crosses, at least I'm not aware of, have, have been done or, or much at all. Yeah. Ori Aru, I, I can't think of anybody that's done that uh, in that particular locality cross. The, the, patterns are, the patterns that come out are kind of cool. They're, they're different. I've seen a couple of them. Um, Socrates did a Manakari male with an Aru female a couple years back, and he had, I think, one red baby that lived, and it's pretty incredible looking. Yeah. So I want I want to make stuff like that. I think that'll be cool and fun, and and I'm not I'm not chasing you know the ten thousand dollar sale on my animals or anything like that. But uh, I'm just gonna do what I like, and if other people like it, then cool. If not. And I don't really care. I've, I've gotten a lot of haters already. What's a few more? Who's been hating on you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, take a I got a block list a mile long, man. They're all just hovering there. They're probably watching oh, oh, now. Don't open up the box, Bill. Don't open up the box. <laughs> I was going to say, it's one of them initials, Bruce Carpenter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was until I, I got rid of him. I get rid of that toxic negative energy, man. Oh wait, you and Bruce got you guys had beef or what? Oh man, we got into it. Uh, it was when Steven Saltzman had me kind of jump on and help as an admin as, uh, as one of the Green Tree Python groups. And uh, oh boy, yeah, Bruce was like, "You need to unban me right now," and threatened me with legal action and all kinds of stuff. And I was just like, "Dude, you came at me the wrong way," and blocked. Bruce. We, all, we all know he's he doesn't he's not on that type of time like you saw the guy he's a very just like he's busy he's a nice he's busy guy. Take his, he's making busy. observations he's the ceo <laughs> he's the ceo with the lab coat like you know like come on you're not about yeah. that. Uh, maybe he'll switch up we'll see but uh god bless him um yeah god bless uh, Bruce. oh you gotta read the comment his last comment uh, oh, yeah, on mj it, it's exactly what i told you Wait, okay, let's, let's Those are my topic. exact words. Who is this? So severe. Okay, why did you have that full on MJ? Having Greg on that series and then have series on next huge downgrade. Better a lot. Ah, oh, yeah. Hey. Oh, Bruce was making waves. You had to have him on. Listen, it was good. Listen, this is why I do my thing, and this is why you're just someone commenting. <laughs> MJ knows what he's doing. 
Yeah, shut the fuck <laughs> Look up. at Bill Hoffman, Bruce Carpenter attorney fee, not $20. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the, the thing was, I was so cool with that dude at first. Like, he, we talked. We talk, You know, he, he we were both Michigan uh, Wolverine fans. Go blue this year. Hey. Ah, <laughs> we're, we're both Wolverine fans, and we were cool. And then suddenly, I, you know, I got the admin position, and I wasn't going to unblock him, and he just turned – Flipped it, flipped the coin on me, man. I was just like, "Whoa, bro! Like, calm down." Dave, what do you do when someone flips a coin on you, Dave? Have you ever dealt with that in in your career in the snakes? I know it's just snakes, but come on, let's be real. There has to be people out there jealous of your work. Mm, no, I've never felt betrayed or anything like that. <laughs> That's good. I love the drama, but I don't want to be part of it. <laughs> you love. I feel the game. same way. I feel you. <laughs> that's a great yeah excellent now, going back to what we were talking about the young male being paired up this year uh what are you looking for as far as like maybe signs of progression or like let me pull them out this isn't gonna work um i'm I, i'm gonna pair him up probably april and he'll be about two and a half years old when i do and uh hopefully i see some activity um he's probably gonna be 25 percent the weight of the female or, or a third the weight of the female. This male will probably be like 400 grams, and the female is like 1,300, 1,400 grams. And so, I I mean, it's it's risk, man. It's just it's going to be a risk no matter how I chop it up. Uh, and I want to make sure I have my female cooled properly so she's receptive instead of aggressive. Um, and I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to risk it. Now, risk <laughs> Risking in chondros, how well does that normally work out? Let's 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 ask. Uh, I mean, anytime you have chondros, you're you're risking it, man. True. Yeah, (laughs) you have when. Yeah, shoot or shoot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when you have as many chondros as is is this, you're gonna have some problems. That's just how it's gonna be. Yeah. Now you know there's different ways, obviously, as far as um, feeding programs on your chondro. Like, what's your What's your regiment with your breeder male? What do you have him eating on? How frequent? Especially the younger one. I'm curious how you're prepping this guy, a young a young breeder he's, male going into breeding. He's getting rat pups right now. He's on like rat pup sizing. Um, and I'm doing, he's in shed right now, but I'm trying to do like every 10 days a rat pup for the, the young males. And that would be like the animals in the Cambros behind me. They're like 2020s, 2021s. And they're they're all about the same size, which is about small mouse or a rat pup sizing for prey on those. How often? About every seven to ten days. Okay. And yeah. Have- and Good. No, the adults, the adults, I'm doing a lot less frequently. Like uh, my five year old, six year old animals, um, and I'm just guessing the imports. You know, it's hard to say how old these import animals really are. But uh, I'm doing those uh, jumbo mice. Probably every two weeks. Females a bit more, a bit more often on my females, especially when you're going to be going into the season and uh, kind of bulking them up and getting them ready. Dave D, mice only, right? Correct me. I think we already confirmed this, but mice only is what you feed, right? No, I feed my females rats, oh. and okay. I feed my males weaned rats and adult mice. Nice. I used to be on T mouse. Because Rico always talked about it. He convinced everyone to only feed mice. And then I would feed my females two or three mice. And I wasn't feeding jumbo mice because jumbo mice are disgusting looking. So yeah. then you're feeding three of them at a time. And they're the size of the snake's head. And then 
some of my other friends started feeding rats and I thought, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I feeding them these tiny little mice? It doesn't make any sense. I, I, I went through the exact same progression as Dave. Um, and I think a lot of people went several years where we were underfeeding, uh, particularly adult female chondros for exactly what Dave said. I mean, I was on team mouse too. I thought uh, if I fed rats, they'd prolapse, they'd, you know, they'd get obese. And I was like, Dave, I was tired of feeding three, you know, three mice at, at a time, the size of the damn snake's head. So I went, I went to rats as well and, and, and stayed there. Yeah. I mix in small rat every now and again, but I, I, I like to stick primarily to the mice just for me personally a lot of my females aren't that large i have a jayapura female that's maybe 800 grams uh yeah. an aru female that's about the same size and then uh uh gem that that blue snake that i post kind of often she's the, the hormonal blue aru and she's the one that i plan to pair up with uh that designer red male in in the spring next year she's where'd about twelve where'd that iconic blue snake come from brian that's a long story and uh i don't have a ton of proof on the story but i believe it's an aru that greg maxwell bred back in like 2003 2004. Whoa. that's how long i've had that snake since since 05 06 wow. i got jam at a reptile show in columbus ohio and uh a, a guy came up to meet me and bring me the snake and the snake's id the, the id of the animal and this goes back to before I even knew what a snake ID even was, the ID was GM. And I don't have the card, I don't have the numbers, but I think that the Greg, Greg Maxwell produced that Aru and he sold her to me unsexed for $250. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Bitch. Yeah. I love it. What year? So wait, you said like 10 years ago or how long ago? This, was is, this was like in 2006, 2005, 2006. Damn, she's old. She's yeah, 19, 20 years old now. I mean, I, I don't want to say, I mean, obviously there's older out there, but I'm just saying that's, that's, she looks good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's, she's had two clutches and she skipped, uh, I gave her off this season. And so I'm kind of waiting for the spring and she's looking really good right now. I posted a couple of pictures up in my Instagram story of her uh, today or yesterday. And she's looking really thick, looking really good. What's your eldest girl, Bill and Dave that you guys have uh, breeding? 16 wow gosh i don't really have anything that that old you know that's breeding i've got i've got you know an old male that's breeding but i i don't have any females i i take that back i, I did get a couple of females uh within the last couple years that um i think they're in their mid-teens mm. a couple animals that were kind of surrendered to me from a good guy um they just didn't didn't want to keep them anymore and in fact i'm breeding them for the first time this year um I, you know i had them for a year let them settle in and and both are uh breeding well i don't know what they'll do but they're they're both locking up well and doing all the right things right now so dave that girl who's 16 uh do you give her a, a break every year or, or how's that work as far as when you have success with that older snake i have a few that are 16 that i'm that i tried this year yeah, I haven't had much luck doing back-to-back -back pairings. And that's with any snake? You give them a, a year off, basically, once they give you a clutch? Or um, not necessarily. Sometimes I try, but it they either don't do anything or I've had infertile eggs. 
I've tried to, but I failed. They they just didn't do anything. How quick are you guys trying to get a female back on food after she lays a clutch? You have some people who like to wait. Some people like to do it right away. What do you guys What do you guys like to to do personally? I push them pretty hard just to get the initial weight back. Mm -hmm. Same. Same. Three days after laying the clutch, and I pull those eggs. I want to see that female eat within like three or four days. I thought this girl for sure, the one that gave me a slug, this girl right here. Uh, I thought she was gonna die for sure. Uh, God, that fucking thumbs up. See, Bill, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pay for that. I don't know what that is. Um, wow. I don't know what that is. But anyway, so this girl gave me the slugs, and then she just looked like she almost looked like she retained some eggs. Like she, she had them, but I kept messing with her. She didn't, but her body just looked really weird and like scary. Like I was like, dude, is she okay? And I remember I was uh, going in there changing water bowl, and I must have spooked her. And she dropped off the perch like a sack of fucking potatoes. And I was like, oh, she de she's dead. And she, but she, but she looked really weak. And I was like, are you okay? And so I helped her back on the perch. And Patrick Holmes, you know, suggested I give her a little soak, and I did. And sure enough, she bit me. So I was like, okay, she definitely has energy. And gave her some soak and drank. And and um, I tried giving her a meal, and she just wanted nothing to do with food for like three weeks and then just recently four days ago she took a, a, a wrap up and i was fucking stoked but i i mean yeah. i try to get her to eat right away but you wanted nothing to do with it um so yeah i do know i don't know dave do you ever do maternal dave i can't remember if i asked you this no i haven't i don't think i ever will i can't even get females to go in the nest box <laughs> <laughs> She didn't want nothing to do with her nest box. Um, she like literally laid them on the side right there, just laid them all over. And she kept going in the nest box, and she would just come right out. She just wanted nothing to do with it. She would go in there, check it out, come right out. Uh, Dave, didn't you? Aren't you the one to put yours in a tub, like in a rack system, or you? Oh, that's that? John. Oh, that's John. That's right. Yeah, I might try that at some point. That's a pretty good move. I've done it as well on females that uh, who won't go in their nest box or stay in. I'll put them in a Cambro. Uh, I'll just put them in a Cambro tub rack system, let them lay in there, no perches. No perch. What do you like? You just put a, a puppy pad or you put like a towel? Or what do you like to put down, Bill, for that? No, I'll put like in, in that scenario, I'll put like sphagnum moss. Right. And let them lay in the moss. Just cover the it. bottom Cover the bottom of that Cambro tub and sphagnum moss. Put a little uh, – I'll put a nest box in there and I'll also put a hide in there too. I like the Gary technique, you know. I got a super chat that – that is for you guys because it has nothing to do with me i'll tell you that much because i i haven't sold a chondro to fucking anybody god bless um but listen from your perspective are you seeing more breeders getting into chondros or pet keepers what do you guys have to say to that i think that's a good question for me because uh, i mean bill and dave are producing really high-end more expensive animals and mine are a little bit more entry level and i can say from experience that the people that I'm dealing with are more, most often first time GTP keepers, first timers. And so I got to walk them through, you know, tubs and, uh, you know, PVCs, um, thermostats. Some of these people don't even know what a, what a herbstat even is. So you have to like kind of break it down. And so, yeah, there's a lot of, I would say mostly new keepers. And, and uh, at least for me, I know I said, Bill and Dave, you guys are probably selling uh, to breeders probably or people who plan to breed but uh, that's not always the case for me uh i'm all i'm all over the board um, yeah you know, I, I, you know i sell certainly the higher end stuff uh to breeders or people with you know more experience but i 
I also produce, you know, some more entry level, uh, produce yellows every year. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of those are going to first time uh, green tree uh, keepers. I love that aspect. Most people yeah. know that I, that I sell a, a, a entry level or a new green green tree to they they've had experience with other um, you know other snakes, so they do know sure. you know they do know about monitoring heat, humidity, the thermostat, um, all that kind of stuff. What about you, Dave? Any any pet keepers out there that you've uh, sold to or had to deal with? I've sold to people with one or two chondros or maybe maybe it's their first chondro i think everyone i've sold to has kept reptiles before and i think they almost all have intentions of breeding the snakes that i sell mm -hmm. right dave d animals are investments <laughs> yeah you'd be surprised though. i'm so you know i mean god i mean i mean bill you've had some people with zero experience reach out to you and try to spend some crazy money right yeah i have um you kindly decline decline to those people or you're like all right fucking bring it on what do you what do you do no i i decline those people um i certainly don't mind getting them in what i consider an entry level green tree um now if somebody has extensive experience with with other snakes especially arboreal stuff then i'll i'll sell them you know as inexpensive as an animal is is you know, is, is they're willing to pay for if I have a level of confidence that, that they know how to at least give it the basic care. And I've yeah. never been, I've never been burned doing that. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had pretty good success too. I've, I've moved a few chondros and so far my experience has been good. And I think my customer's experience has, been, has also been pretty good. And yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of new keepers coming into the hobby right now. A lot of people yeah. get interested and they're, they're enthusiastic and, yeah. It's it's a great time to be in arboreals in general. Emeralds are doing well. Chondros are going to do well. It's yeah. it's all up and up, I think, in the next five to ten years. I agree. I mean, we're just looking at stuff that's visually better than other stuff possibly out there. I don't know. I mean, this. I mean, there is something about what you're investing in. Is this something that you're purely going to enjoy, even if you don't breed it or not? If you're really yeah. about that animal, you know, like these right yeah. here, I just love them for what they are. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, stuff does you know go from one level to the next as you know brian i mean i don't know you you came into this i'm sure at a point where you didn't think you'd get this far or, or did you know you're going to take it this deep as far as where you're at right now or did it kind of just i mean socrates inspired me from the very beginning and i kind of knew that i wanted you know i wanted to be like socrates dave d i i looked up to you bill i want to i want to be like you guys producing five six seven clutches a year designer animals you know uh mailing lists where your animals just are gone in a second that's the that's the life man you guys are at the top of your game i want to get i want to get up there and i yeah. know that i gotta i gotta climb you know it's gonna take it's gonna take me 10 years to get there probably so but i'm i'm willing to do the work and so you know you ask if i always knew hell yeah i always knew i i always knew i was gonna do it and hey, so here Dave, that's all you do is drop an email list, huh? Like when you have animals available, you have a, a group of emails that you send to people. I've gotten some of them. Right. Is that how you do it, Dave? Yeah, I use MailChimp. Okay. So I, I have a website that I built using Squarespace and right. I built a page where it'll collect people's email addresses and names and they automatically get put into a, a Google spreadsheet. And then you just upload that into MailChimp and make make your little email blast and people can unsubscribe. I don't always do that because it takes an hour or so. 
<laughs> Sometimes I just put them on my website or I'll put them on Morph Market. And 2023 was anything different than the previous years as far as sales goes, Dave? Or did you get things taken care of as like it was any other year? Like how, how has the market affected you so far? Oh, uh, it seems like it's slowing a little, but it's still pretty strong. Brian, what about you? Like, uh, any, uh, any I don't think you had, cause I mean, it's not like you have a shit ton of stuff to sell. Right. So, well, I've, I got 23 and I've taken deposits on nine of nine of them already. Epic. So and, and in, in March I'll ship them all out and, and it'll be good. I've got, I've got two, plus I have two on morph market right now and then maybe three or four more that i could put on that they're ready to go that's bitching and now yeah it's it's busy it's it's busy yeah people are enthusiastic it's it's a great time so this is the busiest you've ever been with the condros for sure definitely and at a time when i just had a new baby too so oh, I, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. you're right behind me dude like you're yeah okay how, how Next, your, daughter, your daughter's how many uh she's a month now or two months out remind she, me She's about six weeks and, wow. and it's been, yeah, I hatched the two clutch of chondros and then like 20 days later I had a baby and <laughs> yeah. it's been, it's been a lot of work, a lot of sleepless nights. I think I, I think I was, so, I think Thank I was, so, I think, I think I was so okay with my slugs because I just didn't want that time right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and shout out, shout out to my partner, Virginia. She's been awesome too. Yeah, and man. she's been doing a lot of the work and giving me the time and space that I need to take care of the baby snakes, which is not the priority, but she's making it a priority for me. So it's, it's good when you got a team, you know, it's a teamwork thing. I'm going to immediately shout out my wife too. Cause if not, I'll probably get shot. <laughs> shout out to my wife. Cause seriously, she does do a lot and helps me do my thing and, but man, it is definitely a teamwork thing, bro. Like it's it's yeah. it, it's heavy on the females, man. I I uh, man, I don't know. Are you ready for a second one? Let me ask you that. <laughs> I, I I she has two boys already that I that I kind of oh, stepdad, and they're they're great. They're eight and ten, so we're we're pretty full over here. Maybe maybe we'll see. Probably not though. Okay, so the, let's just say there's a possibility you might have leftover stock from this year when you already get new clutches from this year, correct? So you might find yourself in a position where you have quite the overhead as far as possibly right are, are, i mean are, i wouldn't mind that problem that'd be okay you know i wouldn't mind that if i do get this uh this third pairing it, i mean it's 2024 now but I, I was pairing these animals in 2023 the the pairing with uh lupe if i get that going then uh you know that'll be that'll be awesome but I haven't really been hanging on to too much stuff for too long. Stuff sells. Morph Market is really good at what it does. They got a huge, yeah. you know, base of people, fan base, and you know, shout out to Darian. And Morph Market's been good to me. I have no complaints. What about your experience with tire kickers? That's a thing, it's especially <laughs> especially in in I, I do a little bit of uh, jungle carpet pythons and stuff too. I hatched a clutch of jungle carpet pythons. That's it's a lot more common in some of the the less expensive animals, okay. but in chondros, it kind of people are kind of we you know when talking about chondros, people are ready to get in and spend money. So there's less tire kicking in chondros, I think, than there is in some of the other species. I agree, hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. Now uh, we had Dimitri on last week while you were uh, hanging out, Bill, elsewhere, and uh, Dimitri is looking to take some of his 
hold back neonates to Tinley. And I was like, wow, really? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to take six neonates from, from my holdbacks from Tinley. And I was like, dude, that's, that's going to be a cool Tinley to go to. Do you, would you have, if you ever had this overhead stock that I was talking about here, would you ever consider doing a Tinley or, or a show or, or are you, is that too ballsy for you? Brian for me. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. I think it would be cool to do that and market yourself but i think the risks of the animals would be high i think it would be kind of silly you're probably going to leave with, with any snakes you leave with they're going to have respiratory infections see I, now, I now, now 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 what would you have to say to someone like rico who used to bend all the time and i'm sure like if he had that kind of issue he wouldn't bend right and and, and didn't he go out bending like wasn't he always bending he was like the last guy from what i heard who had a table chondros. full of chondros that he produced like Dave or Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he vended a couple shows a year at least. Daytona and Tinley, and 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 others. Uh, you know, there was a big. This was before my time. I don't know about maybe a little, probably a little bit before Dave's too. But it was not uncommon uh, to vend Condros. Um, you know, I think uh, back then the popularity, I think, was less, and so uh, you know those when the guys you know like rico and trooper you know they they were the really the, you know the ground level and so they mm -hmm. had to take them to shows to sell them because uh you know didn't have social media and didn't have all of the, the avenues that we have now so they they had to take take their animals to shows so and that's why i'm like are we kind of maybe not we but i know understand like you know better safe than sorry but i don't know i mean are we kind of maybe overreacting on thinking that if we do take something to a show it's automatically going to get an ri or it's automatically going to get mites or it's automatically going to fucking die i mean if you had your setup like if you had a really nice setup for your table and you had stuff secure i i guess i wouldn't see any problem with it but i remember you, uh i remember when buddy bashemi he's the last person that that i know you know, uh, MJ or Dave, he vended Tinley. Uh, it's probably been seven or eight years ago now. Mm -hmm. uh, but he, he brought a nice collection of animals, but he had a very cool uh, setup that he put those animals in at night, like a little heated, cooler setup. Um, you know, they had heat tape in it. And so after, you know, vending, you know, at, at night, he would he would let them get some heat. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would definitely take those fucking chondros back to the room or some shit. Like, I mean, and and I personally feel like if I ever got to the point, like having stuff, like, I don't know, like, I, I feel like the biggest thing that is missing at a, a show, any reptile show is chondros. Like for, for, for me to be excited nowadays at a goddamn show, and I love being at the shows, I love meeting people, but as far as looking at animals... I need condros at a table. I mean that that for and I and yeah. I know I know by that happening with how popular condros are getting. If we had these things at shows, holy shit! Um, but then, mind you, too, like here we are, kind of making sure the right person leaves with the condro. And do we have time to fucking cater or, or yeah. hold, hold everybody's hands? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's and that's that you know ball python. God bless. It, I think it fucking go through a lot. You know and and oh well, you know. Sorry, but I mean a condro. It'd be different. I feel like so that's why. I, you, know, you make a good point. There's too yeah. many Ecroteras around the corner that they can go by and put that chondro in. Yep. And I, I mean, bed, we I all started bed. there, though. Oh, for sure, dude. That's we all started there. That's why I, you know, I, I, I tried to immediately 
say to the people, like, I know I'm going hard about your red bulb and your fucking, you know, your tank that you just bought. But I did the same thing. Like that's my B act that's still live had a red bulb at night for the first year of her life. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, th I thought it was the coolest thing at night to watch her roam around. But guess what? She was roaming around because she was fucking hot, probably. And I had no idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had no idea until I started figuring shit out as people do figure things out, you know? But, you know, I, I don't know. More chondros, better people, I think. Never know. But uh, yeah. now, um, what would you say the biggest. Like, why would you say Brian Condros are so like popular? Like, what is it about a Condro you feel like that really gets the eye of somebody? God, that's a hard question. That's a good question. Um, for you know, for me in the beginning when I was a kid, it wasn't even Condros; it was emeralds. Emeralds are what first was my first love. Um, you know, guys like Ed Marino. You know, I'm talking 15 years ago. I knew about who who Ed Marino was and what he was doing, and and I really wanted to get into emeralds, man. And, and my first arboreal animals were emeralds. And they fucking broke my heart. Every single one was an import. It would, would regurge and it would die. I had I went through like three or four of them. And I said, forget it. I'm just going to get a chondro. And then I got that, my first chondro in 2006. And uh, it's just something about the way they perch, I think. The, the, the way they sit on their, their perch and they have their head in the middle. There's so much intrigue. So much mystique with the chondro and the emerald. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, uh, for me, it was out of a zoo met, or I think it was a zoo book, or it's like the, one of the colorful books back in the day. That as a kid, that I looked at, I think I was in the first grade, and it was a magazine because I liked magazines, not books, when I was a kid. And uh, it was a zoo book. It was uh, I can't remember the name. Do you guys remember the zoo book name back in the day? It was like was it called Zoo Zoo Magazine? Yeah, zoo books. Zuba. Yeah, I think it's zoo books. Yeah. Yep. And and I remember just looking at something that I felt like, okay, this I probably won't ever see this, or like I just knew it wasn't something common, you know. And and sure enough, to this day, it just I never forgot about looking at it in that magazine. Um, but I don't know. I think I a it. lot, you know. I think a lot of it is is the word has gotten out now that yep. captive bred chondros in particular, you know, are they're very docile. They're not the animal. You know that a lot of people see at expos the you know imported bioc that strikes the cage every time somebody you know walks by and i think that based on you know just their size their relatively small size relatively small caging requirements you know all those things have just you know people are just finally coming around and going you know that that animal has it all you know it's got the looks it's got the the fact that it just it's great presentation 24 seven. It's always visible in whatever you put it in and uh, they just look badass. And then, you know, now you get one out and you put a chondro into somebody's hands for the first time. And it's like, they're looking at a pile of gold, you know, yeah. they literally just go, Oh, you know, they, they can't yeah. stop biting them. They can't believe it's, it's just the way it moves through their hands and how it feels and how it looks up close. I mean, it's, and Definitely misunderstood. And what I mean by that, if you kind of talk to someone who's like not so much of a Chondro fan for whatever reason, like let's say they keep other stuff, but they're just like mad about them. The biggest thing they'll bitch about is like they're all aggressive or they're, they all want to bite you. Well, yeah, if you fucking keep it wrong, you're going to get that type of time. And obviously there's ways of approaching a Chondro. You know, you don't just fucking go in there and go to town. You know what I mean? But, I, yeah, but, I mean, but MJ, 90% of mine, I can I can go in there and go to town. I, all these removable perches, I don't even take the perches out when I get them out. I just reach in there and 
just grab them off the perch and you know they be, they, hey, they, hey bill bill bx be crazy bro bx or nuts <laughs> i don't have any imported bx so. <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> i mean i you know we're, we're talking really about but you're right i mean i'm sure you have learned how to handle and, and approach an imported bx i you know i i'd get i'm sure i'd get my ass bit if i tried to to do what you do with your animals just because i don't have any experience with them um yeah. you know it would be a lot less fun if they were all cunts i have a couple that are super mean and i don't like dealing with them yeah i, I, I got a few that are mean too i only have a couple that and when i see what i mean by like i just have to have a, either a shield or i have to either like little spray them to get them to get their head down or something but other than that they're just they're always on that time to eat or did mm -hmm. you, is it, do i feel like condors always want to eat like even after you feed them yeah. fucking eat again no matter yeah how of course what's wrong with that why do they do that fucking they're man. opportunistic i think they're you know and they probably don't have a ton of opportunity naturally probably yeah i guess you're right on that now okay i have a big question for everyone here uh because you know customer is a good thing to have but a returning customer is a game plan you guys would say right like nothing beats a happy returning customer right mayor would you say that that makes you happy when you have someone returning to you always wanting to just give you money because how happy they are with your product makes you feel well, good right yeah it makes me happy for you know several reasons i mean yeah. you know it's a it's a it's an honor you know to me when somebody comes back and and gets another animal from me you it know, just show, it just shows that you're doing something right. That's that's why it's like it has to feel good, right? Yeah, it feels really it feels really really good. And the other thing is, as a returning customer, I know I know what I'm dealing with. I know they're going to take good care of the animal. They've got a track record with me, and it certainly makes it a lot less stressful on me to to send a you know an expensive animal to somebody. I'd much rather send it to somebody that's that's got a track a track a proven track record with one of my animals you know and i'm asking this advice because if i ever get to the point of selling some some designer or locality condors whatever you have it whatever i have available i'm gonna really want to make sure that this person is gonna not fuck themselves right but also at the end of the day you can only do so much and i feel like bill you kind of like let people do their thing if you feel like well that's a possibility that's one way to keep but I, I don't know, like, do you feel like there should be a 101 for taking in a neonate or something younger? Like, do you feel like there are some things you should lay down to people when it comes to taking in their first designer neonate or locality neonate, whatever, like, and making sure that they know what to put it in? And oh, dude, I, I, I definitely, you know, vet first time buyers. I, I, I ask them to be very specific what, what they're going to do with the animal. <laughs> And most of them just say, you know, whatever you tell me, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell people to try to duplicate your enclosure as much as you can to mine. That's, that's, you're going to give it the best chance of acclimating and doing well there. But if they say they're going to put it in exoterra and a heat bulb and a rainforest with goldfish, you know, then there's no way I'm sending you this, this condro, you know? So it's it's nice to be able to vet your your buyer it makes things a lot less stressful than they they probably could be and and i literally having you know sold and shipped many many babies i can't think of literally one that i've had a bad experience with 
Um, I've had one that I can think of that I've had to bring back and reestablish because it, you know, it couldn't eat, it wouldn't eat for them. Brought the animal back two months later, it was back to that original person and it did great. But that, that's the only experience that I can think of where the animal just, they just haven't got it, put it into a reasonable enclosure and it flies, you know? Yeah. And, and Dave, are you, are, even though you have a lot of people who are not only repeat customers, but experienced breeders or experienced keepers, do you have like a little like set of questions you ask them to ask no matter what, or any kind of betting going on when it comes to you dealing with customers? Yeah. If I'm not familiar with them, I'll ask if they keep chondros and yeah, I don't, I don't really go into it too much. If, if they buy it, it's on them. And I, have, go ahead. I haven't had very many problems. And also they could ask you questions too, right? And I'm sure. Yeah, a lot of people ask me questions, how I do things and what I suggest. And I'm happy to answer them. Hmm. All right. I know we have talked about Bruce earlier, but let's kind of get that vibe back. Biosecurity. Let's talk about how you keep your collection safe, Brian. Uh, I mean, we're friends with socks. I already know you're, you're pro NIDO testing for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I, I do NIDO test anything before it leaves my possession. And, and I know it doesn't have NIDO. My collection's NIDO free. But I do that for the customer so they can feel comfortable. And also to protect myself just because I don't want problems and somebody out there trying to ruin my reputation or anything like that. So keeping up on that and like doing a NIDO test on an animal, it's only like $25. It's not that much money. You just send it out. You get it back like two days later in the email, and then you got it. And it's just doing your due diligence, I think. So I'm talking about anything that you possibly to bring in. How do you how do you delegate that? Like what's your quarantine process? And uh, what do you like to stick with? I don't really bring anything in these days. I mean, I might bring in one or two, you know, Neos a year at this point right now. And uh you know, I, I, I just got that female from Guadalupe in, I think it was August. And I did a 30-day quarantine on it, and everything was fine, and I introduced it to my collection. He had NIDO paperwork. I did a NIDO test myself. And so the animal's clean. It was eating. Everything was good, 30 days. I even paired it up, like, within 40 or 45 days of having it in my collection, I paired it up and was getting locks almost, almost immediately. So I think it it's you got to be careful who you deal with oh, you know sure. you, you got to deal with a reputable source you got to trust the person you got to have a repertoire with the person uh you know a track record with the, with the person and then uh you know you, you do business that way and that's true with anything you know cars whatever how old is that snake that lupe sent you uh four years four-year-old female four and a half i think is what his estimates are four and a half year old female and she's big though. She's probably about nine hundred grams. She's a big girl. Wow. Dave, Dave, you ever done any breeder loans, Dave, or with any friends out there, or like sent any females or received any females from anyone? No, I've had people offer, and I've thought of, I've thought about. I would rather send one out than take one in. Okay. Um, because I don't want to be responsible for someone else's snake. Plus, yeah. I don't share a clutch that I produced. Uh, I I do, do co-own a snake with John Irby. But he and I are really close friends, and I don't—I don't really care if it dies. Is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
what a collab uh yeah. yeah you know obviously it's you're so right brian you got it you nailed it because especially newer people coming in and they're trying to kind of race them race up the podium podium toll and like sometimes they don't have that mail and their friends have that mail or whatever and they're so quick to just be like hey let, let me send you this snake yeah they just met the person and i'm like yo like i would yeah i've seen i've seen that. a few people kind of go a little bit too big too fast acquiring animals trying to buy adult males and adult females from wherever and if, if you do that you're running a high risk of of you know having problems and losing those animals i think it's hard to to bring in adults and establish adults let's all say a prayer for chuck god bless chuck his power Shout out to chuck he's just had a he's got he's got, got 10 cooking much. real nice biak they're not biak manaquari they're not cooking right now. He has no power. Ooh. <laughs> so that's why we're trying to hope that everything works out for the guy, man. He. Uh, oh shit, Chuck! Where's yeah, your man? Oh, get the generator yeah. out, bro. He has, <laughs> he has it hooked up to his truck. My bad. He has a cord running to his truck, and the truck. Oh man, brutal. Right? It's gonna be a long night for Chuck. God bless Shout out, Chuck. Chuck's a good friend. I have one of his snakes from his first clutch that he produced. It's an awesome snake. A ruin for you, Chuck um but god damn hit up the mayor man he has a legit generator you don't you don't those generators come in handy don't they bill oh man saved me uh probably a couple hundred thousand dollars in animals and eggs uh you uh, know february when we had that terrible ice storm at least a couple hundred thousand dollars and yeah i had a, i had all my stuff hooked up to a generator for a, about two days too when a tree came down and the power lines in my backyard and having like one of those little honda generators could be a lifesaver yeah, the twelve hundred one. That's what I have. Yeah, yeah, they're they're nice. Definitely yeah. worth having around. Definitely. Dave, Dave's up in the Rocky Mountains. I know it gets cold as shit. What do you got for backup, Dave? Um. Uh, well, my my incubator is water jacketed. It has eleven gallons of water in it, so it, it stays warm for a while. And when we do have power outages, they're I don't know if I've ever experienced a twenty-four hour power power outage, just because we're so used to tree limbs falling on power lines and fucking stuff up excel is pretty good at getting power going again but i do have a little honda inverter generator but i've i've never even turned it on i don't even know if it would start <laughs> I, I am gonna get a battery backup once i move at the end of this year <laughs> that's that's sick um hey mj i don't know if you saw or not steve doss has a super chat have you i saw that you see it so i'm gonna get it out of the way <laughs> He wants to see. Give him the buckle. He wants to see. Well, it's not a buckle. It's a trophy. Uh, came with the medal as well. So that's it, Steve. Shot in the National Sporting Clay Championship. I shoot in it every year. And uh, this uh, last year in October 2023, uh, I, I performed pretty well. So there you go. There's the belt buckle. There's the medal. And. I'll do it again this October. That's so, sweet. Bill, Bill, you got a good shot, huh? Huh? You have a good shot, huh? I, it depends on the day. <laughs> that I'll day I was shooting well. It, it's actually a four-day event. And, wow. Uh, four days. How, four how days. many hours How many hours per day? Uh, it depends on the day, and it's not really the hours. It's the number of targets. I'd usually shoot a, about 200 targets a day. Wow. And it's an individual thing, or is it a team thing? It's individual. 
And what was the prize other than that sick buckle and, and uh, you know, metal? What, what, what was the prize behind that? that uh, well, in my classification, that was it for second place. The, okay. you know, they have different uh, classifications as shooters, but I think, I think the overall hit overall winner was 25 grand this year. So, Brian, I'm going to flip the script right now for you, okay? Only because of the dynamic that we have with these two co-hosts going down tonight. We'll, sure. We'll, what would be a question that stands out the most that you could either ask Dave or Bill? Oh, uh, I got a few, and we've kind of covered them. Um, you know, like I, I wrote some down because, like, you know, as a, as a new breeder, uh, I'm on my third third year, going into my fourth year. Um, things have started kind of piling up, where you know I have animals that I have to keep because I can't sell them. So where, where do you, I guess my question is, where do you guys like draw the line when you give up on an animal? And we talked a little bit about like how many assists you might do. And then you're just kind of like, eh, if the animal is not going to thrive on its own, then it's not an animal that I'm ever going to want. It's not at, you know, it's not up to tier. It's not going to be a good breeder. And it's not an animal you want to pawn off on some unsuspecting customer. So I guess, you know, like, where do you guys draw the line at? Because that's kind of the, some of the problems I'm facing right now is, you know, 10 assists in. Do I pull the plug on that animal or do I, you know, keep going with assist meals, maybe try try the, the gizzards or try the, the hams? I think it depends on some some specifics. Is it striking? Is it grabbing and dropping? The, I've got like four or five of them that are just runners. They're not striking. They're not grabbing it. Um, one of them, I'm able to get it to kind of constrict. If I put the, the prey item in the coils, it'll constrict it by itself without biting it, but then mm -hmm. it ends up dropping. Yeah, well, I would, I would try every scent I could think of probably. Um, I don't know. I got shut down and, and chicken stock is kind of what I've been doing. I need to get some coil. Yeah, um, I want to And then you can also, I, I had some Bolin's pythons that I bought and they were fresh imports. They had just had their first shed and uh, I got some, I got a tip to rip open a baby quail, a, a frozen one, of course, that's thawed and they have yolk inside of them. And I've okay. had success scenting pinkies with that yolk. And then I know other people who have bought frog legs from, I think you can order them off Amazon. I've you done can, it. Yeah. You can order yeah. them off Amazon. It works. I got one to eat doing that. So it's not, uh, the silver bullet, but those are yeah. a couple things you might try. Yeah. Right now I'm just doing the assisting, you know, the half pinky. I'm trying to do it like every two to three days, four days maximum. Um, just to keep them, you know, keep, keep them looking good. Keep the weight on them, keep them from getting, uh, too depleted. And, uh, you know, I've, I've done this a couple of times in my fourth clutch and, and it's eventually they're going to turn on. I would do this for six months. I do this for eight months. It's probably going to turn on eventually, but do you want the animal that ate right out of the egg or do you want the animal that took 30 assisted meals before it turned on? Mm -hmm. You know, so like, is the customer going to ask that specific question? Probably not, but I know, you know, I know what the reality is. The truth is, so it's tough. There's a lot of like, you know, morality stuff that goes into this. That's why Ryan Young, don't let him leave if they don't make the if they don't if they're not strong eaters you don't sell them they yeah and that, that's what i'm dealing with i've got a few from my first clutch and my second clutch and that, that i've just been holding and trying to do the best i can with for 
for a year, two years, three years, you know, it's going on a while. So, you know, I, I guess that's just part of it, I think. Or, you know, do you, do you guys just like, all right, get out of my rack, get in the freezer, you go. You know, you know? I think that, 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 that is just such an individual choice and decision, and it depends what's going on in your life. You know, you got a freaking six-week-old baby. How much yeah. time do you have to commit? You know, there, there are some animals that I have produced from clutches where I would take it to the mat, and I, I would do everything. Right. I said on another show, I'd give it CPR, man. I'd do chest compressions and mouth-to-mouth -mouth and everything on it. You know, just please just survive, you know, another week or month. Um, mm -hmm. and there's other animals where just like, I'm just so tired of you, man. You know, you're not making any progress. Um, I wasn't, you know, maybe I'm not that crazy about the pairing or the way the animal looks. And, you know, then those go in the freezer. You know? Yeah, that's that's good to hear you say that. I feel better hearing you say that, though. You know, because I've I've been trying on some of my animals. Just been trying, trying, giving it one hundred and twenty percent for yeah. you know years. I I have another one that I've been assist feeding for over two years now as well, and it's just it's a fucking nightmare, man. Yeah, see, I think I think MJ's right. It doesn't get any easier. I've never I've never let one go that long. Not long. I mean, it's listen. If it's not kicking in, it's never know, gonna. Right? Not seeing progress. Why, why it's still still a neo then that that thing would never make it past a year right I'm really, I'm really glad this podcast is a place that like holds the truth like you can really speak the truth here you're, you're in a safe place safe, safe place yeah hey but goddamn i dare you i double dare you to say that you will put a snake in the freezer in a facebook group chat watch what happens yeah. <laughs> bro, I, I did that once bro i did that once and i because I, I i'm only saying what was taught to me right and holy shit, it was in a ball python group too. And they went fucking ballistic <laughs> to, the point, to the point where I deleted it, but they already took a screenshot and they started sharing it. Sharing, oh, sharing, fuck. sharing it. This is like 2017, dude. And I'm like, I'm just going to disappear. I think I laid off Facebook for the whole rest of the year after that. Oh, <laughs> well, first of all, they'll tell you how inhumane it is to put a snake in the freezer to euthanize it. That's the first thing I'm sure you got. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I was called a piece of shit and like, my mother should have, or my dad, should, or what? Did, my mother should have swallowed me, or some shit like that. I got, I got, oh, I got, I got a lot of fucked up shit, and I was like, wow, and I was like, but, but anyways, so yeah, you're good. Yeah. You can say all you Facebook, want. Facebook, Facebook is a, is crazy, but yeah, you know, like, it's, it, there's a, there's different perspectives, you know, like if, if you're a breeder or you're a keeper or you're a hobbyist or you're someone just getting into new to the hobby, those are all different perspectives on Absolutely. the same thing. Yeah, that we're know, doing that's here. exactly right, Brian. You know, if it's your first clutch, you you could learn a tremendous amount by feeding yeah. a neo for a year. You know, yeah, you, you could really. I'm good at it now. I can get yeah. them. I can get a get them done in like a couple of minutes. I'm good yeah. at it. I was gonna say. I mean, you can really learn a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm like Dave. Though. I'm pro tail man. If, if the tails are easy peasy, man, it's fucking. There's not much of a mushy mess when you're dealing with the tail. Yeah. Uh, the, the gizzard strips are the same way. I mean, they right. just slip right down. That's what she said. With your fingers, <laughs> tongs, how do you get them? It seems like they'd be mushy. Are they not mushy? They're no, they're not mushy at all because you put okay. them. First of all, they're not mushy when they're just out of the refrigerator. They're you know they're just a real solid, dense piece of tissue, and then you put them in a little bit of hot water, and it just it firms them up even more. 
mm. and, and they go down just like a tail. And literally, I, I, I sometimes I will use just a little tong to to get the first little just couple of millimeters in. Then after that, um, I've got yeah. a I've got a video I'll show you, Dave. I'll, okay. I'll send it to you. It's but it, it it's just as easy as a tail because I was I used tails for for a decade. So I've had some luck with tails too. Are we yeah, talking, are we, talking, are we talking rat tails or mice tails? What do you guys like to use? My mice tails for me. I use both. I, yeah, I've used both, and I've like cut them into segments, like mm -hmm. a, maybe like a one inch segment of a rat tail. Right. Now, from what I've heard, like you don't want to rely on that, right? Like a rat tail is like something that you're hoping that will spark this thing to eat, but you don't want to continue like rat, rat tail, rat tail, rat, because it's it's not really getting everything it really needs from what I understand, right? Uh, that's my thought for sure. Yeah, hopefully you get them sight feeding, you know, get the get them on the rat tail and then get them sight feeding from that. Now you have 40 something chondros you said under your under your belt. What did you say? How many you have? I've uh, made I've made 46. I've, I've hatched 46 and two of them died. So after after forty six chondros, what when do you feel is necessary to offer a chondro its first meal? Um, this season, I did offer a whole bunch of the animals before they shed, and some of them ate before they shed, and some of them didn't. And uh, I found that the ones that did eat before they shed, not only did they take longer to shed they actually took longer to eat after they shed too. So in the future, I will probably not offer meals before they shed and I'll wait until after. That's interesting. Um, That's been very similar to my experience as well. I, I experimented with that and it seemed to me. It's like you, know, you have to establish them twice. Exactly. It seemed to me yeah. that the ones that ate pre-shed, some of them turned out to be the hardest feeder to get going after their shed so i abandoned that as well yeah one thing i did that helped me a lot this year was uh advice from patrick holmes where he leaves and i call it the patrick holmes method now when his eggs hatch he leaves the animals all together in the tub for like seven or eight days he takes the egg crap out he gives them gives them a water dish puts the moss in makes everything really nice and moist have you guys seen those pictures and and he keeps all the babies together for like a week two weeks until they start showing signs of the first shed and i did that this year and i had a lot of luck all of those animals ate very quickly for me like first meal second second meal maybe they took one assisted meal and then they turned on so that that was i'll, I'll do that again for sure interesting yeah I knew, patrick, I knew patrick kept them together you know for for quite some time I, you know as opposed to like i, I separate immediately soon as there is every soon as everybody's out of the egg and i get a nice picture of everybody perched and that they yeah. are separated yeah i just left mine in the incubator because pat kind of i was like you know i've had trouble establishing these in the past you know i'm going to try this method that, that pat does and i talked to him a little bit about it and he said yeah once i see a couple of their eyes starting to gloss over like they're going into that first shed cycle that's when he'll separate them and so i did the same thing and it, it worked out real well I just Dave, left them in the incubator in the in the tub that they hatched in for like eight days. Yeah, Dave, Dave, are you pro uh, pre uh, pre shed uh, first feed, or what do you like to do as far as that? No, I wait. I've I've tried it before. The tricky thing about feeding them pre shed is the first four five days they're still really mushy. They haven't firmed up yet, 
Mm. And then after that, they start going opaque. So I don't know. You don't really have, there's not a good window to do that. Plus it's really a natural in the wild. They're going to crawl out and hide and absorb their young. They're not going to eat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's a good point about double establishing basically because yeah. Okay. Let's say you get it to eat, but fuck man, it's already going through a lot of digesting and other kind of like stuff while it's figuring it out before it's first shed. And then it could just turn into where like, well, I don't want to eat for a fucking long time. Like I don't, yeah. like, I feel. Really I had good. two or three that ate before they shed. And then they 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 were the long they took the longest to to shed after they ate, and then they took the longest to eat again after after they shed. So yeah, I probably won't do that again. I didn't. I'll I'll, I'll do some more experimenting with it, but I think that that's probably not the way to go. Wrap up question time. Uh, if you guys want to get one ready, Bill and Dave, if you want to get one loaded, I'm going to go first. Um, just like me, Brian, you and I, what, we, what you what we, you and I have in in common, Brian, is we have a lot of great mentors. We have a lot of great people that basically have given us great advice. The right? community is amazing for Condros, man. It's amazing. It really is. But when we have so many people that we look up to giving us advice, it can kind of be difficult to figure out, well, who to listen to, right? Or who gives the best advice? Um, how did you figure that out? Like, what did you do to kind of like um, get all the advice that you're getting and just find out what you need? Yeah. I, I I read a lot of comments in the Facebook groups. That's kind of how I became an admin of, of the groups. And, and I read the comments. I read the posts. I absorb all the knowledge, um, all of the people and, and their experiences. You know, people from the United States, Australia, um, the UK and, and you know, uh, Portugal. And there's, there's people keeping condos all over the country and they all have different experiences all over the world. I mean, and uh I just read a lot. I just read everybody's stuff and I kind of just absorb a little bit from everyone. And uh, like you said, great mentors. I kind of latched on to sock pretty early on and, you know, did my stuff. A lot of the just kept my stuff the same way he does. And uh, it's worked out for me. And, and I've met people like Patrick Holmes and, uh, and, you know, now you and, and Bill and, and Dave and MJ. And it's just, it's been awesome to meet all the people. I've talked to Greg Maxwell before, you know, I'm talking, and then it, there's a lot of people coming up with me too. I could throw out a bunch of names like Todd Bowling. Um, um, Todd, good guy. Yeah. What, yeah. Todd, yeah. Todd's my my, my friend CJ Frazier is coming up right now too in the Condros. I know, and, I know CJ. That's Gek, uh, Gecko Barrick. Gecko, Gecko Barracks. Yeah. 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 And so like, there's a lot of people that have been investing in this for the past few years that are about to come up in the next year or two, just watch that it's really going to explode. I think. And there's a lot of good things coming. Yeah. I mean, shit, dude, we might even see some Canova clutches in the next couple of years or so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> God help us all. God help us all. Holy shit. Oh, that guy's resources. He could, he could destroy everyone. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. But let's, hey, let's not laugh if he totally fucks up. Let's be nice to him about it. Okay. Like, sure. I don't think he will. I think he's, he's got a good head on his shoulders. No I doubt about it. I think he's going to go through the fucking ringer for sure. 110%. <laughs> the, the reptile gods are not that great. Let's just say that. Okay. He he has a, a very glorious time with the ball pythons. He's not that lucky. I don't think he's that lucky. And and I hope I'm wrong because I really want everyone to be successful at Condros. Okay. It's heartbreaking. But yeah. God, day by day. We'll see. Um, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. But it's fun. <laughs> Bill or Dave, who wants to go next? I'll, I'll go. Uh, Brian, you kind of piqued my interest, you know, you said your initial experience with arboreal stuff were the emeralds. 
and now that you've had a little time to kind of maybe catch your breath and, you know, you've had experience with the Condros, what, what are your thoughts about going back and giving them a try again? Maybe this I, time not with, not with fresh imports. Right. I have, I have one Emerald. I have a male uh, that I picked up from Tinley in 2020 and it was an import and it had worms. And now that I have a little bit more experience, I was able to treat it with uh, Panicure and okay. it's still alive and it's, he's great. It's a male. It's, probably ready to breed but you know i don't have a female so maybe maybe we'll get we'll add some add some more emeralds this year but i uh, definitely want to get that i keep a lot of stuff I, I have some diamond pythons and nice. brazilian rainbow boas i have carpets i have doomerals boas yeah. i've got a, i've got a few different things very very cool all right dave guess i'm up uh, who is your biggest inspiration in keeping reptiles and why? And it doesn't necessarily have to be one of your mentors. It could be an old time. Um, I want to say this might sound cheesy, but uh, Jeff Corwin, man. Jeff, Jeff Corwin, Corwin on Animal Jeff Planet. Jeff Corwin? Jeff Corwin, wow, bro. Not, I mean, dude, I, honestly, I used to watch him. I'm not, I, I mean, I. Yeah. You don't hear that. I like I like Jeff Corwin, man. When I was growing Jeff up as a kid, Corwin. I thought he was going to say Marlon Perkins. I thought he was going to say, I thought he was say wild, world wild of animals. The, the Jeff Corwin experience, Omaha. man. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And then you know, of course, you know, uh, uh, there was uh, Steve Irwin too, and, and and I love Steve Irwin too, and you know, so shout out, shout out to Steve Irwin. I but about Jeff Corwin, bro, like I can't believe I forgot about that guy. Like Jeff Corwin, yeah. Uh, and it's tight. He had a, he had that tight shirt, you know. He's out there running through the Australian outback. He was funny, man. <laughs> yeah, he was. It was funny. That that guy really inspired me. And you know, uh, and and you know, people like like you, Dave and, and Bill and, and Ed Marino, Trooper Rico, all all you guys, man. I've been following this stuff for for a lot of years, and you guys have made an impact. And and uh, I hope I can make an impact someday too. You will for sure. You already have, man. You're on the coolest reptile podcast in the world. Impact. Hey, you got it. Uh, for sure. And dude, you're doing, and you're doing well, man. It's and you're doing you. well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of hard. It's hard work. It's discipline. It's patience. You know, it's anybody who thinks they can get into this and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna buy two condros and make twenty grand." You're silly. It's not gonna happen like that. Yeah. You know, it's you're they're gonna break your heart first, and then you're gonna have to reinvest, and then maybe you'll do okay after you learn something. I mean, I've, I've lost a lot of animals, man. I think if you're coming in here with a timeline or like, when can I do this by then? You're fucked. You're like you, yeah. you literally just got to throw your hands in the air and just say, fucking let, you know, let the, let the condo gods take the wheel and just see what happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you got to love it. You got to love it. I mean, you can't even do that with ball pythons and think how easy it is to do ball pythons. But when you even, we didn't even have that mentality with the ball pythons, you're fucked. You like, you just can't go into almost anything with that mentality about what's in it for me as soon as possible. Cause it has, yeah. it has to start with the love, man. Like you have to have the love for something yeah. for it to turn into something you never expected for it to turn into, you know? Like right. Right. If you don't put the love into these little baby snakes, man, they just wither away and die. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, but here's the thing. Even if you do the right thing, they still do that too. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Fuck, man. Great episode. Two hours went by quick, but I'm going to hit you with these hot seat questions, bro. I mean, okay. I, first yep. time on trap, I got to get you with the hot seat questions. And then For we'll, sure. 
we'll let Bill and Dave end with the last two hot seat questions. All right. So oh, here boy. we go. Hot seat questions coming in hot for Brian. Brian, the quicker the better. All right. I don't need extra. I got you. I'm, I'm familiar. I'm all familiar. Right. Just making sure, bro. Just making sure. All right, guys, do me a favor. Get the likes up. Hot seat questions coming in hot. You ready, Brian? Yep. All right. Here we go. Frozen thought or live? Frozen thought. A cut or no cut? Pardon? What's the question? A, a cut or no cut? Would you ever cut an egg or will you never cut an egg? I, I cut, yeah, flaps. I cut flaps. On what day? Oh, uh, 52. Red Condro Neo or Yellow Condro Neo? Oh, you're tearing me apart. Uh, red. Favorite locality? Aru. Least favorite locality? Biak. Amazon Basin or Northern Emerald Tree Boa? Basin, all day. To spray or mist a chondro or to never spray and mist a chondro? I spray and mist, especially now. Yay sports or boo sports? Nah, I'm not much into sports. Go big, blue, though. <laughs> big, <laughs> big flexor or no flexor? Big flexor. I love that. Steak or fish? Steak. Favorite cut of steak? Tenderloin. Yay alcohol or boo alcohol? Be careful. Mirror's here. Yeah, yay alcohol. I, I drink a bit. Favorite alcohol beverage? Patron, straight on the rocks. Yeah. You can have a good time at Bill Siegel's party if you go. Then I mean, it's all there. <laughs> it's all there. All yeah. right, little, little word association. Right, hold on, no, my bad. West Coast rapper, East Coast rap. East Coast. Favorite East Coast rapper or rap group of all time? Bone Thugs. Damn, heavy. All right, little word association. First thing to come to mind: milk. Titty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're on a baby right now, right? Yes. <laughs> like I'll drink to that. All right. Substrate. Puppy pads. Stuck shed. Shit, that sucks. Nido positive. Shit, that sucks even worse. First time Green Tree Python keeper. Please buy a hashling rack. First time green tree python keeper who wants to breed. Buy captive bread and grow them up. You gotta you gotta do that. You gotta put in your four years. Last but not least, this one might get hot. You ready? Yeah. Coolest reptile podcast in the world. MJ Trap Talk. Let's go. All up in the tree Tuesdays. Bill, hit him with it, Bill. All up in the tree. MJ, you took my hot seat questions. Well, mine was gonna be. Beer or wine? Okay. Beer. I drink Corona. Nice. Good noted. Dave. I was going to ask if you've ever shit your pants as an adult, but <laughs> I'm going to. Hey, it's a safe, it's a safe place. <laughs> the <laughs> answer is yes. Do you have any hidden talents? Uh, um, I, I, I'm, I'm quite a, I'm an okay artist. I, I, I paint. I'm I'm a okay artist when it comes to like do, doing drawings and paintings and stuff like that. Oil pastels. What do you paint? Uh, snakes. Nice. Oh. Wow. Yeah. We haven't seen any of your work. Yeah, well, I haven't seen uh, one at the U.S. Ark auction. I, yeah, well, we could probably get something like that that together. I've done one for Socrates, and I've done a few for customers. So, like when they when they get a snake for me, they're getting a portrait of their snake too. Wow. So I've, I've done a little bit of that. So that's kind of cool. I'm trying to keep that going. 
what does that increase the value at? I'm just did you up it up a few hundred bucks or what do you do that? I'm no, I just no, I just do it. I just do it because it's fun and I like to. I would add I would add that as an option. Like you know, you can add like you know. Add, add, yeah. I would like listen. Two hundred more, you can get a custom yeah. one of a kind painting. Just saying, bro. Fuck. No, I've done a few, and, and they're fun to do, and I and I like to do them, and it's it's kind of peaceful. And if I can, I haven't had a lot of time lately with the, with the baby and the and the snakes and, and everything right now, but it's 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 a peaceful way to unwind at the end of the night. Spend about two or three hours doing some paintings, you know, before I go to bed. I like to do that and get a little get a little smoke on and and chill out you know oh I do you have any we can see on instagram or facebook um or in your collection no, i got i got one that i'm working on right now give me a second all right, all right. dude what a solid fucking hot seat question dave holy shit I, I had some i had some prints made this is i don't know if you recognize that snake that's optimus prime oh, yeah i've seen that painting before i guess I yeah yeah that's very good my bag of prints. There's uh, Show that. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put you on the big, big screen, Brian. Show that off. All right. All right. All right. We got you. Here's number eight, John Jones. He's in the chat. He owns this snake. Um, we got number seven. I can't really remember where number seven went. I'd have to. Bro, these look are. Look at my records. These are sick. Here's number six, Anthony Dandrea owns that snake. He's uh, at Python Perfection on Instagram. Shout out to him. Um, the one I'm working on right now. It's Jim. It's kind of a work in progress, but we'll get there. Very that cool. Is, that is badass. Great. What, a cool Thanks. what a cool hidden talent. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I love them. I love them. I love my snakes. I keep a lot of plants, too. I love my plants. I'm just a snake, weird snake dude, and plants, and <laughs> that's about it. We're all weird, buddy. That's why we're here. Yeah, weird, weird snake we're dude. Weird. Yeah, I think it's pretty common. It's, it's what makes it work. Oh, fuck. Holy shit, man. This was a great episode. I was really stoked to uh, just kind of get to Thank know you, you more, man. Um, yeah, same here, man. Same here. It's been uh, great. Thanks for having me on, dude. It's been an amazing opportunity to, you know, meet some of my idols and, and you, MJ. It's It's been great. I appreciate yeah. it so much. You have no idea. We just had shy of 90 people tapped in tonight. So what would you have to say to everyone tapped in who really enjoyed tonight's episode and just everyone who wants to support you out there? Thanks everyone for for the support. Uh, shout out to my partner Virginia. Shout out to everyone who supported me with uh, buying an animal from me. Um, shout out to all all my Facebook followers and and people that support me there and in the groups and everything like that. And uh, follow my Instagram. It's you know it's been a it's this has been the ride of my life the last couple of years breeding chondros. It's it's been amazing, and I, I can't wait to see where it goes. Fuck yeah, man. Epic. Well, listen, yeah. out there who doesn't, please, right now, go follow Brian Lucky Leviathans on IG. Um, and for anyone out there who's curious where to inquire for one of your productions, what's the best way for someone to do that, Brian? Would it be IG? Or um, I've got a couple on Morph Market right now. My Morph Market page is looking a little barren, but I think I got two chondros up there right now. Um, and you, you could just hit me up. Facebook Messenger, hit me up on Instagram. I mean, I'm, I'll talk to anybody. I don't care how big you are, how small you are, first time, last time, hundredth time. Hit me up. Sweet. We can we can work something out. I'll add that Morph Market link in the description below so anyone could just go and click there and check it out. Um, but guys, 
Again, go follow him, but please give it up for the homie Brian. It's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. There you go, Brian. Thank you, guys. Brian, you got to come down to my party when your life, uh, you know, gets a little Calms less down. Better. Yeah, it'll be a trip for me. I'll have to, like, do it during a show, like, at yeah. the same time. Yeah. yeah do, it, do it, do it during a NARBC. Just yes. Yeah. yeah. Do it like Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fly down. And... <laughs> never, never go full Chuck. No, I yeah, love that guy. Cool. I love Chuck. <laughs> Brian, Brian, keep killing the game, man. Keep doing it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night, buddy. Thanks, MJ. Peace, Brian. Peace, See you, man. Oh, I saw. Do that again. I saw that. Do that one more time. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a good guy, man. Good episode yeah. too. Uh, I, you know, you know, it just seems like he has his head on his shoulders the right way, and just it's just going through the motions and just having fun. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't say it better myself. He seems like he's just having fun and not trying to hit any grand slams. He's just in it, you know, for the day-by-day -day enjoyment of just doing it. Yeah, what's your feedback on tonight's show, Dave? It's great chatting with people who are into this shit as much as we are because we're, yeah. we're a bunch of weirdos compared <laughs> to the general public. But, yeah, it's, just, it's always a good time chatting condros and learning about someone new. Now, Dave, does it trip you out on how – crazy this has grown into like what this has turned into since you started with reptiles and as a whole like not only just with chondros but just where reptiles is period like did you do it's a kind of trip you all how big it's gotten um yeah i wish i had some more data about about how it's grown I, i've liked reptiles ever since i was a little kid i used to subscribe to reptiles magazine read that every month yeah um it definitely feels like it's growing a lot and especially on the arboreal side as people move over from ball pythons and some other stuff. And and when you get a new person like that, they don't just buy one snake, they buy 10 or 20 or 30. Yeah. So the wait, wait, we, we, we might have statistics for you. Cause if we were kind of, if we were to think the very first pre Arlington party that Bill Stiegel threw and we compare it to the last one, <laughs> I mean, whoa, there's growth. I, I mean, holy shit. What, is that? what kind of statistics does that give us? I mean, I mean, the wave of different bigger ballers in different demographics of the reptile community have are coming by your place. Yeah, okay? and, and, and they're not coming by my place to see ball pythons, right? No, they're not. They're changing no. their lives day by day. And uh, but it's just very impactful. And, 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 and like Brian says, there's a lot of people out there who've been buying and raising condors for the last handful of years. And it's yeah. about their time. They're, it's about their time where they're going to be breeding and. You know, some make it, some don't. And I know, but I'm looking forward to the ones that do make it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. There's still a ton of misinformation out there. We, we know what's truth and what's fiction. But if you don't come to a forum and spend time there or, or talk with someone who has experience, you're still going to think they're mean and they die and they get five to seven feet, all, yep. all kinds of stuff that just isn't true. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I that's mean, why, I mean, that's my favorite part of my of the party that i have here because i get to put chondros into so many people's hands and hell it's night you know this is 10 11 o'clock at night oh should never hold a chondro at night you know no. oh, you, you'd never do that you'd never get a chondro out at night hell we're passing these things around like they're like they're sandwiches you know and mm -hmm. <laughs> people are just they're just amazed and that to me that's like one of the funnest parts about my, my parties yeah well i mean Funnest part, 
of any trap talk is having you guys be a part of it. Dave, it's always an honor uh, for you to come through the trap. And uh, I'm glad you stepped up for Marshall. Uh, God bless him. But uh, thank you so much for coming through, Dave. Um, yeah, I appreciate and, it. And Bill, of course, you know, it's always an honor to have my, my, my road dog here. Um, but guys, please, as always, go follow Dave D., uh, Vibrant Veritas, um, and your website, obviously, too, is vibrantveritas.com, correct? Yep, that's right. All right, and there, and that's where you could kind of sign up for that mailing list, correct, on that website for anyone mm -hmm. who wants to kind of, you know, dabble in and see what that's all about, right? Yep, there's a contact. I think it's contact link. Right, and for you, Bill, we're really early in the year. You, you know, things are rocking for you. So for anyone out there who's wondering the peak time of uh, year for you to have availability, Around what time of year would that be, all if all goes well? Um, you know, spring, spring. Not not availability, but stuff will start to move in the right direction. As far as I, you know, I'll know what what's what I'll have, what'll be available, and that and that kind of stuff in spring. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And again, both of you guys appreciate the assist and coming through. But uh, it's a wrap for these two gentlemen. So give it up for Dave D and Bill Stingle, the mayor, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Trap family. Thank you, Trap family. Appreciate you guys. Have a good night. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Peace. Great episode. That's all we have for this Tuesday segment of All in the Tree Tuesdays. I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode. I really did. I'm really stoked. Uh, Brian and I, like I said, we have that connection with Sock. And right away, I, you know, he's a homie of mine if you're a homie of Sock. But then growing into to tonight's episode and having him sit here on a show with Dave D and Bill Siegel, two people that he really look, look looks up to and inspired. Really, it's a moving episode, you know, because Brian's obviously on a good path of where he wants to go with this collection. And I guarantee after tonight's show, he's only going to be going to bed and waking up super motivated and inspired. Just saying, all good things, all great things happening right here on Trap Talk. So thank you so much. If you enjoyed tonight's episode, it's never too late to hit the like button. So hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Select all. You'll be on top of every single podcast. And I'll catch you here Thursday night. The main event of the week goes down Thursday night right here on Trap Talk. All right? So, see you guys here Thursday, 6 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Have a good night. It's a wrap. Episode 435 in the books. See you at the top. Cheers.